in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Lafayette Law is so funny that this is the Boxing people talk about most of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. 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 Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 61. Uh, got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. It was a pretty exciting weekend last weekend. Um, some highlights and some really mm. some lows that we'll definitely get into. And uh, yeah, so how are you doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing well, doing well. I've been uh, working some OT at the shoot job. A little bit tired, but we're looking forward to talking about wrestling and don't know if we'll have any MMA talk, but there's always some UFC stuff going on. We always have stuff to talk about here on the show. So whether you're a fan of pro wrestling or MMA, feel free to become a part of the conversation. You know, the super chats always get read out. Questions will get answered, all that kind of stuff. Um, it was announced today that me, Doug, and Wild Wilkins will be hosting a NFL podcast this season over on the Fightful Twitch. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be, I tweeted this earlier. If y'all think my bias towards Cody Rhodes is bad, just wait till you hear about my bias towards the Minnesota Vikings. So, um, I, yeah. I have a feeling if we do predictions, which I'm sure we will, it'll be Vikings are going to win every single game this season. Vikings by a million every week. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, be sure to check that out. I think we're starting, uh, August 27th, I think like the last Saturday in August. So, um, so tune in and join us. That'll be on YouTube or on uh, sorry, twitch.tv slash fightful gaming. So, uh, so yeah, uh, cool that we're doing that. And yeah, I'm looking forward. I, I know kind of what you're, what you're getting at with, uh, some of the low, uh, low points. Um, we're going to definitely talk about that. Um, when it comes to the wrestling world this week, there was some low, po- some low points. There were some high points. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk sure. about a whole, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a good night though, man. How about yourself? Yeah, it's good. Um, when it comes to uh, football, have you been paying attention to the Vikings camp at all? What's been going on in training camp, all that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you heard about Irv Smith's uh, finger surgery that he just had. but um, Nope. So, yeah, so Irv Smith Jr., who last year would have been his, I believe, his second year in the league, either second or third, second, I think. Because his rookie year, he showed like a lot of potential, and we still had Kyle Rudolph. And, but like, you could tell that Irv Smith was going to be the future for us. Um, And and he's very much like one of those, um, I'm blanking on his name. The dude, the uh, Waller over in uh, Oakland, that, that tight end, who's like really more like a wide receiver, um, Mm -hmm. but can block. Um, Irv Smith got, he got injured in the preseason. I think it was preseason last year, like the second week or something of preseason. He got injured and was out for the entire year. And This season, like he's, you know, he comes in, he's healthy. We let Tyler Conklin go because, you know, he deserves a starting job somewhere else, which is 100% true. He definitely does. And, you know, and, and yeah, he, uh, he injured his, uh, Irv Smith Jr. injured his finger in a training camp yesterday and he got surgery on it. They're saying he's going to be ready by week, by, by week one of the regular season, but it's just one of those things where it's like, we've invested a lot in this guy and we're, we we've gotten rid of good players to like make him our guy. And like the injury prone thing bugs me. Like it, it worries me, you know? So um, I hope, yeah, I hope it's not anything too serious. So. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, James Washington who is supposed to basically be like our veteran wide receiver to replace Michael Gallup for the games that he misses while he's still recovering from his torn ACL. And uh, like two days ago, he broke his foot in uh, practice, and he's looking at six to ten weeks being out. The good thing is, though, that it happened, 
before the season started. So we get a good four weeks of the not even worrying about missing games. And then, you know, we'll go from there, but uh, even actually five weeks. So we'll probably have not have him for five weeks. And then Michael Gallup will probably be back shortly. Like I'm guessing Gallup misses four games. The problem is, is we have Tampa Bay and Cincinnati week one, week two. So that's going to be really brutal. But uh, Dak's looking sharp. Dak's looking really sharp. Best shape I've ever seen him in. Um, looking very confident. He's leading the offense. So I'm feeling good about that. I just – I don't feel like we did enough in the offseason at wide receiver. I don't feel like we did enough at uh, offensive line. But I feel great about our defense. Um, so we'll see what happens. And and I – I've seen that, John, about Washington. I mean, he definitely wasn't what he was supposed to be in Pittsburgh. But, uh, I mean, he looked okay in camp. I, I just wanted to see what he had, give him a shot. And it, and right now we're looking at, like, dude, undrafted free agents. But they're showing up. They're 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 giving some of our corners the business. So maybe they, uh, they're actually pretty good. So we'll see dude, what happens. You never know, dude. Adam Thielen was, like, undrafted out of Mankato right. State. What, what, what was on our <laughs> – was on our, like – practice squad is like special teams or something and worked his yep. way to being in my opinion the best wide receiver in vikings history um i think the most talented ever was randy moss like don't get me wrong i grew up in the 90s like randy moss he's my he's my dude like you it's gonna be hard to find a bigger randy moss fan than myself but like with all the years that thielen's been there and the high level he's played at and he's still a touchdown machine like everyone talks about justin jefferson which they should be because like Justin Jefferson's the man, but like yep. Adam Thielen's still racking up and he, and he gets hurt often as well, which is unfortunate, but like even at his older age and like with having a, like a arguably the best wide receiver in football on the field with him, he still racks up touchdowns. So like, I mean, I, I love, but then my point is, yeah, like Adam Thielen was a guy who, I mean, Nobody thought anything of him, and he worked his way to being one of the best, in my opinion, the best receiver in the franchise's history. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, yeah, it's 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 getting exciting. You know, the first preseason game is this Thursday, yeah, between the it's, Raiders yeah. and the Jaguars, and then next week is the full slate. So we're we're really close to getting football season started and the fall and all that jazz. I Man, I can't wait. It's my favorite time of the year. So. I, Same. I'm super stoked for that. Um, I like that the weather starts changing a little bit too. It's a little bit cooler out and like, like, yeah. So, so Steven, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. You know that I've definitely like trashed Floyd Mayweather plenty of times, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really debating on meeting him. Like it's, is it's, he doing the Fetterman thing? He's doing Fetterman on, on August 27th. And I, he, he's pretty, I mean, he's $200, but it's good value based on who he is. Like, and he's not very accessible. Like you can't just like, no, you can get his autograph. Floyd. Yeah. Like he's got like street, 15 yeah. security guards and I heard he's super nice. I heard he's super he cool to his I told fans. You, no, he, well, I don't know about his fans. Maybe I told right. you about the story about me meeting him when, but yeah, I was working the front desk at that hotel and like he wasn't nice. I'm sure that, that because but, but, yeah. you're just a common person. <laughs> yes, but exactly. if you were paying to see him, you're part of the money team True. and he goes all out. And because I've heard that like he'll tell security guard to go to hell if they tell him that you can't take a picture with him. If he wants to take a picture with you, he'll take a picture. Like he signs everything. Like they said, 
So he was at the Atlantic City one, and uh, he was two hours late. And this guy had paid for his autograph. And Floyd ended up signing multiple items, which would have been $200 a piece. He only paid $200. Floyd took signed multiple items and took a picture with him. And the security guy told him, hey, you can't do that because he didn't pay for all that stuff. And Floyd just told him to go to hell. I'll do whatever I want. If he wants a picture, he's going to get a picture. So nice. I was like, wow, okay. So I'm thinking that day it's going to be Floyd Mayweather, George Foreman, Roy Jones Jr., and Charlotte Flair. That would be, that's a yeah, that's a lineup. It's expensive, but man, for the, for the meet and greets that I would have done for the year, if you consider WrestleCon and all the people I met there and everything like, man, I had a hell of a year. Yeah. How much is Charlotte for Charlotte's 89. And would you, you get like a picture and a autograph or something? No, it's just picture or just an picture. autograph. You have to pick. Or... Yeah. Oof. I mean, Roy Jones is 79 and uh, George Foreman's like 105, I think. They'll, they'll like sign that. they'll sign anything, though. Or like, is it like only like the eight by tens that they bring? No, they'll you, whatever you want. Whatever like you, you want. brought That's, a 16 okay. by 20, they'll sign it. And then they have JSA on site. So then you just pay $10 to get it authenticated. So, oh, see, that'd be sick to get like a Charlotte Flair elite signed or something. And then like get it authenticated right there. Does she have an the ultimate? ultimate? Yeah, she does. I don't know if she had an ultimate. Oh, it's dope. It's great. It's in the pink robe. Okay, I got it. Oh, really? Because like the, I love the flare and the, the ultimate in the pink robe. Maybe I need this to get is that like a this is like more of a brighter pink. Okay, because I've got like one of her first elites. I think it's one from her NXT run. I think is like the only Charlotte that I've got. Um, anyways, no, that's badass. Like that'll be, um, yeah, two hundred to meet to meet floyd especially because like you're such a big wait so i'm assuming you're getting a picture with floyd yeah not that because you're a big paint you're a big picture see guy. what i kind of think i'm gonna do is like i'm just gonna cross them off the list of everybody that i want to meet to get a picture with and then i'm gonna just focus on autographs if that's what i want to do so the next time they come i'll just get a i'll get an autograph because flair's gonna be there too and I think it's probably a good idea to get his autograph on like a 16 by 20 because I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, just being honest with you. Is, um, he, is he like the same, like 200 for Ric Flair kind of thing? Oh, no. Flair's like 79. Like he's not Oh, really? I figured he'd be like hella expensive. Oh, okay. No, Flair's not expensive at all. And he goes there all the time. So he could, he's been at like every Fitterman in the past couple of years. So that, that's Rick's less than Charlotte. That's wild. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Charlotte's a star. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, Ric Flair. I mean, that's hey, good. That, that's cool. I mean, and that's the other thing. The advantage you have with that is like that whole. I always forget Fitterman or Fitterman. 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 Like, yep. Fitterman, and then that comes. Yeah, you get you get that. Like it feels like every few months you have something like that in your in your. He, he does. He does a show every two year or two twice a year. You know, another interesting one that I I if. If the show wasn't going on, there is a, a, a signing and a meet and greet for Chuck Norris this weekend. <laughs> and I was like, man, you should have got him for the show. And he's like, trust me, I tried. But he's oh, 150 man. bucks. So Chuck Norris is up there. But get him to sign cool. a copy of side, VHS of Sidekicks. That'd right? be pretty cool. Pretty dope. I'm sure people definitely have some cool stuff for him to sign. Yeah. Or Walker, Texas Ranger, like VHS yeah. set or something, like a vintage. 
That's yeah, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool. That'd be more of a meme for me. Like I really wouldn't get that like hyped on beating Chuck Norris, but like if he was signing something that I because the thing for me with Walker Texas Ranger, it was always on right before was it right before Nitro or Raw for a while when I was growing. I think up. it's Raw because raw. yeah, I think it was Raw. I think you're right because like like that show would end, so I'd always watch the last like ten minutes of Walker Texas Ranger completely out of context, like not knowing anything about what was going on before I'd watch wrestling. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's cool. Um, speaking of uh, cool stuff, I know we both got, we can both show our, uh, some of our, we, we both got these in the mail this week. Yep. All right. Young Bucks. AW Arrival. Although it's getting terrible reviews. It's like leaving um, black marks from the shirt is starting to like go on their shoulders and stuff. People are super pissed about it. But here's my thing about the black, leaving black residue and marks on the stuff. Like I don't plan on taking off the shirt, so I don't really care. I mean, you know what I mean? I leave it. I leave the shirts and this, this one's not even leaving the box. So, right. I mean, um, and then I also, speaking of not leaving, speaking of not leaving the box, uh, not leaving two boxes. As a matter of fact, I got my, John Moxley's AEW shop exclusive, one of 3,000. And I was telling Doug off air, and this has a Defender case, by the way. Like, that's how serious. I'm ordering a Defender case for this is the Kenny Omega in the same series. So I'll have – and then I have the – I bought the Jericho already. But my Jericho was um, mailed to my old address in Tennessee. Um. The guy's been nice about it. I bought it from someone out of our Facebook group that me and Doug are in. Um, I got a good deal on it. Very happy with like the price and the guy was cool and all. But I did tell him my address in the message on on uh, on PayPal, like with my with my payment. I was like, hey, this is my Atlanta address. Like, please ship it to this address. And I also messaged him on Facebook about it ahead of time. So like, I gave him total heads up. And the reason I say all this is because he's being so fair about it that he said he paid like $16 to get it rerouted, <clears throat> rerouted. So hopefully it'll get mailed to me. And he said, if I don't get it by the end of the week, he'll send me, he has two more of those Jerichos. He'll send me another one if it doesn't oh, show wow. up. And I was like, dude, if I mean, and I'm, and I'm the kind of guy where like, if both of them wind up showing up, I will mail him back one of them. Like I'm not right. the kind of person that's trying to scam or anything like that. Like I, very much the opposite. Like I, 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 <laughs> I, I hate that I have to even be as like weary as I am about buying stuff online because I'm so afraid of getting scammed. Like I would never do that to somebody. So like, um, so anyways, um, I do have that. Hopefully that'll be here by the next time we're here on, on stream. And I know you have, you have ordered some, some cool stuff too. Um, that should yes. be here by, uh, by next Tuesday also. So. Yep. Yeah. Bought a lot of good, uh, fun. Man, have you seen the Cody Ult- or the Supremes, the video reviews on those? I, so I, I haven't I know oh. Kyle Peterson uploaded one I haven't yep. I haven't watched it yet is it are you is that a good uh or a bad uh they look good uh it's so awesome dude yeah it's they look so great. awesome and awesome. you literally can just you know take the torso off and just put it on the extra set of legs and then you have two Cody's right and you could take it from all different types I mean it the all different heads it's just it's great the the Brit one has issues. The Brit one has issues because you can see the neck hinge no matter what. Even when her head's down, you still see it. So that mm-hmm. part. And then her left arm 
like you have to like put some heating stuff on to get that thing off or it's like something's off on it mm. everything else just pops in and off no problem but yeah the cody stuff is is it's second to none awesome yeah we and we both got in on the pre-order for the cody ultimate for mattel is yeah. gonna be one that we won't have that for a year but yeah um we both there was a six-day window me and doug both got in on that so yeah um but yeah i know the cody supreme i'm definitely gonna get um i haven't pre-ordered yet or i, I know they're on back order now yeah but i absolutely will get at least one of those supremes i might even get two and just leave one in the box um and just hold on to it but it's it, i heard it looks really great in the box too everyone raves about the packaging and everything so yeah it's yeah. a it's a really dope set i'm waiting for prices to go down a little bit before i dip in there but it'll be tough it's really nice figure i really want the kenny though the kenny because it has four yeah. heads two different uh leg sculpts and i have some extra torsos of kenny so i could have multiple kennys so uh definitely looking at, at that one yeah I mean, they all look good. Like the the Brit Ultimate looks good too. I I saw that she has another um, <coughs> Unrivaled or on Matt. I think Unrivaled coming out yep. soon in the red. But, but like the belt is like way too big. Like it looks strange. Yeah. Um. I have Jazzwares does some weird stuff, man. Like I feel <laughs> like I feel like eighty five percent of it they're on top of it, but they're somewhat lazy. Like there's just too many things where no matter what series you get. Either somebody has too big a feet, the scales way <laughs> off, the bleeding paint is somewhere, like just something is off. And I it's just something they gotta get fixed. Like no matter what you have, like something needs to change over there that where it's like you get your figure and you're a hundred percent okay with what you got. It's kind of on brand though. That's like that's like buying an AEW pay-per-view. Like it's gonna be ninety-nine percent awesome, but then there's gonna be right. like the explosion at the end that doesn't go just right and like it's gonna yeah. just be a little bit weird like like you're gonna or get something weird so many great matches but there were like 15 of them and it was maybe you would only wish there was like 13 of them or whatever <laughs> you know like there's always just something but yeah um i guess we can just jump right into wrestling and all that happened this weekend uh i guess let's start with SummerSlam. so we'll go there and I thought pretty solid show, like not bad. Um, I, you could tell Triple H is starting to take control of some things with EO Sky, which interesting name, Bailey coming in and then uh, with um, Dakota Kai or whatever. And then I did think it was kind of weird how Becky just randomly turned baby face, but it's like, it's almost like, they just want to fix what has been done that they're just willing to just kind of, it doesn't have to make a ton of sense right now. Just do it. Let's, let's get it to where we need it to be. So uh, Becky turning baby face with Bianca. But then I saw on raw, like Becky has like a separated shoulder. They were talking about, I'm sure that's just like storyline, right? Like Becky's not out for a while or anything. Correct. I, I legitimately don't know. Like I, I know yeah, that I they were saying either. she's injured, but I honestly haven't looked into it. I, yeah, thought the so, I thought the I thought the match with her and Bianca was really good, though, for what that's worth. Like um, they they have good chemistry. I mean, they've yeah. had good matches at WrestleMania. They had good match here. Like I'm not too concerned when they're on the card. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think Becky um well Becky already so John is reporting that Becky is legit injured. Okay. Yeah, so I yeah, yeah. I think I think I had seen something about that on Twitter or maybe through Fight Four or something. I can't remember. But I'm not I'm knocking Becky, but ever since she had the child, she got extra skinny. Like she's super skinny, and I just don't know if her body can take the beating as skinny as she is. I think she needs to put on a little bit more size because it seems like to me that it's just too small for the impact that she's taking. She used to be bigger. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but, uh, but I know, her, I know I thought the match was really good uh, between them. And I think Bianca mm-hmm. is really like, uh, they, 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 um, how do you say this? It worked out really, really well with, with her in the company. Like, you know, it's such a mixed bag of, you know, going through like NXT and stuff and under Raw and SmackDown, you have you just didn't know, especially with Vince in charge. And then you didn't know with Triple H, like, will they, with Triple H in charge, will, will he go back to Becky because Becky's such a big star? Or like, will they stick with Bianca and like keep establishing that she's on the same level as these other women as, as like the, the top of, of uh, you know, the food chain for the whole women's division? And I think they did a really good job of that. Like, she's really good in the ring. And she's over. Like, I mean, I gotta, I gotta really give her credit. Like, WWE has done a really bad job over the over recent years of like building stars, especially on like the men's side, outside of Roman. But Bianca, I think, it, you know, because it, it, I think if we, like five years from now, you know, if she stays healthy and stuff, I think five years from now we could be talking about Bianca in the same way we're talking about you know Charlotte and Trish Stratus and stuff. Like, if if you know she stays healthy because she has she still hasn't even hit her prime in my opinion so i agree i'll say this about bianca too like being there live i feel like people pay money to see her yeah little girls pay money to see her families pay money to see her like people pay money to see roman and the the tribal chief and that whole bloodline like people pay money to see them people pay money to see bianca yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you can see with the reactions in the crowd, and there's a lot of people with like signs for her and stuff. And yeah, I mean, they they got themselves um, a new star with her, which is which is really nice to see. And that's like homegrown too, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's not picking an indie talent. Like she is the exact reason why they're trying this college athlete recruitment thing that they're doing. She's the main reason, I think, because she's just a perfect example of what a success story could be while doing this. Yeah. Well, you know, I've said it before on here. We're like, I I think that I, and I honestly don't even mean this like negatively. Uh, yeah, I think in WWE's mind, if they hire 100 or 200, you know, people that could potentially be a Bianca and you get like one or two out of a hundred, like that's a win for them. Like, because you know what I mean? Cause they're just, they're just hoping people are going to work out. Like they're, they're hiring people that are athletic and like triple H talked about it on impulsive today with Logan Paul. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit on the show, but he was, he was talking about how basically how important it is for them, how it's mutually beneficial while they're in college because the athlete is essentially a walking billboard for the WWE, like for that, like two or yep. three years that they're in school, they're being promoted by WWE. People are talking about them being signed to the WWE, so on and so forth. And then they have some sort of a, a of a name value by the time they get to the WWE. And then if it works out for them, that's great. 
but like very few are going to like ultimately work out because of the the grind it takes and the schedule and like you got to really love it and the pain that comes along with it and stuff and like there's so many factors and i think if you can get one bianca for like every hundred just you know college athlete x that is really athletic but like didn't have the heart to to do this you know as a profession like that's that's probably a win for them and then every, and now with triple h in charge if you can keep that system going and try to find homegrown talent like that and also start dipping into the indies a little bit more again yep. like taking some people that are available that can immediately be on television like yep. that's probably going to be a pretty good mix for them i agree i definitely agree um, let's talk about one guy that to me is just a smashing success. Oh, oh let's hear it. I know where you're going with this. That that is Logan Paul, dude. Yep, Logan I, yeah. Paul was awesome. <laughs> and I I'm not that blown away. I'm not. Right. Like I've been Especially. saying this kid's an athlete. I've been saying he works hard. I've been saying he puts in the time. Um, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised that he was good but man i mean like he's really good and and he's just starting like he did to be able like people were raving about bad bunny oh ho ho logan paul is on a different level like i possibly could see logan paul be their champion i'm not <laughs> kidding yeah. like he's that good <sighs> he and I feel like the crowd would be totally behind. People think the money of him is a is a heel. I don't think so. I think the money of him is a baby face because he's he's that poster boy WWE. Like, if you want to put it on figures, you want to put it on posters, you want to promote him, and then he goes out there and has like he's that fiery baby face that can can. Uh, make his comebacks and and pull it off in the end like and he'll always kind of be that underdog for a long time but like right now i feel like there's more money in logan paul than there is in austin theory yeah no i mean logan paul is definitely way more famous currently than austin theory is not even remotely close um yeah logan only 27 like that's i mean i even when he was getting a lot of hate and stuff, I would always kind of defend him when it came to like, it takes balls to box play Mayweather. I don't care who you are. Like, For sure. you know, it takes balls to box anybody and have that kind of spotlight on you. Even if it's against guys like KSI that are other, you know, YouTubers and stuff like it's, he takes that stuff seriously. His work ethic is worth his work ethic is insane. Like that guy's on like a John Cena style schedule yep. where like he's sleeping on planes and just constantly traveling and just i mean the the interview he did with with triple h for his podcast that was the afternoon or morning of SummerSlam. so like you know triple h was even like man i didn't know if this was going to be a good idea for you like you know most people probably would have just wanted to sleep in and like just focus on the match but you like you got you know if in wrestling i mean it's it's impressive his work ethic and he's very athletic. He's very talented, very charismatic. That frog splash through the announce table off the, off the top was like the best announce table spot I've ever seen. <laughs> like that was, it was awesome. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. and, and like we all were raving about Pat McAfee and stuff, but I mean, Logan yeah. Paul, he took it to a different level, like completely different level. Like, yeah. and I mean, no, like the, the balls you have to have to be able to even do that move. 
I right. mean, that is a high level move, high impact, tons of risk. And I mean, he just he pulled it off. It was, he, he was very impressive. Like, I can't wait to see him wrestle again, honestly, especially if he's only going to be doing like mostly pay-per-views and stuff. I'm, I'm all for Logan Paul in the WWE. And what's funny is after that match, they signed him to like a multi-match yep. extension. Like they know like, okay, wow, this kid's really got it. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, his following and social media presence and stuff like that opens up so many more doors to them and then it makes his brand bigger too like because it's a it's mutually beneficial this is you know because wwe people discredit like people people either discredit or just don't pay attention but wwe their like their youtube channel is probably one of the top like five i could be off by a little bit but they're probably one of the top like five most subscribed channels on all of youtube like which is insane when you think about it. And like, I don't know how many YouTube subscribers they have. I'm going to guess it's like 80 million. Let, let's take a look. You, but my, my point is like their social media presence is absolutely insane. So like Logan Paul will, it's, it's going to be tough for Logan to get involved in anything that's going to 90 million, 90 million. So there you go. I mean, and Mr. Beast is at a hundred million now. And he's like, I mean, PewDiePie is a little bit higher, but he's, you know, not, we're not going to get into all that. And right. T series and all that. Anyway, the, but the, 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 the point is like that Logan Paul can actually continue to grow with the WWE brand. Like it's going to, and it's hard for him to find things that like are bigger or as big as he is. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, well, it's and it also bigger does, and the company bigger. is it's like, in boxing, you got to build the event, and then when it's over, it's like there's no blueprint to the next one. There's no – you're not in an actual promotion, so then it's about, like, getting people, trying to get a fight set up, blah, 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 and it and it's just – it's a big headache, and you're not actually, like, in a structured business. And with this, it's like, dude – you just did SummerSlam, next Survivor Series, next Royal Rumble. You know, then you're yep. in the Royal Rumble. Then you go into have a WrestleMania match. You Saudi Arabia, <laughs> but like, there's all sorts of stuff that he can build up and keep his name out there and be like, wait till you see this next match, or wait till I do this or that. So there's always something going on. That's the problem with Jake ran into is like Jake's promotion. These people that are promoting him. They have no clue what they're doing. And and Dana White is looking like a million dollars because now he's showing you, you've already had two fights that you've had to cancel because you are with a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing. And they're throwing these like going out of business boxing events. And you're hoping and praying that you're just going to sell off a of Jake Paul. And it's not really working. Like you have to have a UFC. He needs an Nate Diaz. He needs somebody that really gets people going they're not canceling that event if ticket sales were great there's no right. way they canceled that event because they found a way out the fact that rotman had only lost one pound in three weeks was their loophole of getting out of that fight i'm not saying jake is scared i'm not saying that at all i'm saying they're just doing it more to avoid a disaster in pay-per-view buys and everything else than to actually go through with it they found a way to get out of there 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, he really should just wait until Nate and Chimeyov happens and then just yep. do him and Nate just straight yep. up. Um, who knows? Who knows, man? If Nate has just a decent showing, who knows if the UFC will come give him a ridiculous offer and then he won't go anywhere. Like, you just never know. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. And and I saw Chase uh, say it in the chat. I mean, I've been calling for Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul myself as well, but I, I feel like if you're Nate, you probably want the – sorry, if you're um Jake, you want the Nate fight more if it's available because it's probably – I think he, I think a fight with Nate is more winnable than it is with Anderson. Yeah. And I think that Nate still would sell – like it, it, it'd be bigger pay-per-view if it was Nate Diaz versus uh versus Jake Paul. But personally, I'd love to see – I think Anderson would just absolutely school him. I mean, um, but yeah. it'd be interesting to watch. He, he doesn't want any part of Anderson. The only thing that gives him somewhat of a chance, though, is because Anderson's gotten old, and he just yeah. hopes that he, he signs on the dotted line and father time wins. That's really the only shot he has, but it is what it is. Um, what other stuff stood out at SummerSlam? Tag um, match was good, you know? Yeah, it was all right. It was um, solid. Edge, Edge came back. and I thought the Edge stuff was bad. I'm not going to lie. Like, I thought the entrance was cool, and the moment that he came down from the entrance, I was like, okay, this is kind of lame. I don't like the short hair. I just I, – I don't know. I think the Edge experiment, it just it just hasn't really worked. I think Edge didn't need to be in anything complicated. Edge is just already Edge. He's a legend, whatever. Then just find certain guys to feud with. One guy, okay, AJ, you're next. Okay, this person, you're next, and just keep it going three month feuds, whatever, and then just take it till he's done retiring. He doesn't need to be in these stupid judgment day gimmicks and all this other nonsense. Like if you want to face Finn Balor, then just face Finn Balor. Like we don't need to go through all this corny crap. No, I and who agree. knows? Maybe this is Vince's idea. And now they're going to kind of scrape a lot of this stuff and go with something different. Because I saw on Twitter, everyone was like marking out that he came out to Metalingus on Raw. So I guess he got his old theme back. Like they're going to, yep. maybe they are just kind of reverting back. And people in our chat are saying Christian's better than Edge now. And like, yeah, I'd agree. I'm way more interested in Christian now than I am with Edge. Not even close. Man. Um, Christian is a heel. Especially. Christian and Jungle Boy are really <laughs> going for the throat too. Like, yeah. I didn't know Christian was divorced. And Jungle Boy went after him there, talking about he was broke and his wife left him and all this. And then he's talking about his dead dad. And I'm just like, man. And then, you know, Jungle Boy calls him the P word. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I've enjoyed that feud. We've been able to know the buildup. The one thing I haven't liked about it, though, is the fact that just like Luchasaurus just kind of was like, okay, I'm a bad guy now. Okay, never mind. I'm a good guy now. Like, I, I wish there was a little bit more there. But, I mean, there's so much going on in the show. It's kind of hard to fit all that in. So, it is what it is. Uh, but we did get a super chat. Michael, thanks so much, man. Patriots, I heard uh, Devontae Parker is looking really good uh, out there. So, hopefully that works out for you. And the wide receiver, I don't know how mm -hmm. Mac Jones. Mac Jones got in better shape, too. I saw that. So, hopefully you guys are on, on the right track there. Um, yes, do you think – with Drew never really getting a shiny moment after carrying WWE through the pandemic, that he will receive that by beating Roman at the Clash. Um, no, I don't. 
But I do think it's going to be a super cool moment for him to just like come out to that live crowd, face Roman. I think the crowd will be behind him. Um, I think that this show is criminally slept on because I just don't think like think about how the UFC is with those crowds. Now think about like the WWE and the crowd and they haven't been there in years and like, they're going to be fired up and really behind their, their guys. And I just think it's going to be really good. I think it's actually going to be a really good show. Yeah. I think it'll be good as well. And the crowd's going to be really hot for it, which yeah, that'll be good stuff. And I'm with you. I, um, I, I don't think that Drew is going to beat Roman for the title, nor do I think that he should. Like, I, I think they should keep that on Roman. I'll give Drew all the credit in the world, though. Like, he did get done dirty. Like, I mean, he it's just unfortunate. Like, it's just unlucky. There's really no other way of putting it. Like, he, he, yep. beat, he beat Brock for the title at WrestleMania, and then they were just, like, wasn't fans for, like, you know, a year or whatever. And yep. he put the company on his back through the, the worst the worst WWE programming I've ever watched. Um, yeah. But... But that wasn't his fault. He was out there working hard every week and like trying to make his matches matter. And like I have a lot of respect for Drew McIntyre. Um, I but yeah, I I think you got to. The only person that should be beating Roman Reigns is Cody Rhodes. That's the yeah. I, that's it. So yeah, that or Logan Paul. I mean, the one I'm just kidding. Totally joking. Totally joking. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I do think it'll be a good event, and I think it if if they book it the way that they should, I I hope it'll kind of come across the same way as SummerSlam, where like Roman had to really dig down deep and get through like every inch of ounce he had to get out of there alive. Type, I hope that that's kind of how they book it, and it's not. And you could say, well, like that doesn't make sense for Drew; he's not that dominant of a guy. Blah blah, blah. but like it's because he's like with his people, it gives him extra energy. Like you have to beat him in his own backyard type thing. So like, I think that that aspect of it will really enhance the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, it is for the unified championship, right? I, they're not going to pull some, <clears throat> some BS where like it's for one of the two titles. Cause if that's the case, then like maybe drew will beat him. But right. like, I think that yeah, would, would still be stupid. Yeah. Like, but I mean, no. if we've gotten this far with Roman, like yeah, right. let's just let's just get to Mania. Let's just get it, get to Mania, and then have have Cody win the thing. And here's a question: Knowing that Cody, this thing is kind of set for Cody to win at WrestleMania, win the title. Like, are you even thinking about going to LA possibly to see that <laughs> live? I mean, I'm. I would love to be there. Because it's kind of like being set up that that's exactly what's yeah. going to happen. So. I mean, if that's like, if we get to a point, especially where like Cody wins the Royal Rumble, then I'm going to yep. really start being like, okay, like I might have, like have to do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be there. I really, I was really hoping it was going to be. I would have been in Nashville this past weekend if if, if it was him and Roman, 100. percent But like. LA is tough because it's literally the other side of the country, but oh, for sure. But knowing enough people, like I'm sure you could find some people to probably split some costs and stuff because there's always going to be people around that true. area. So that's true. 
just something to think about. It, it's definitely kind of setting up that way. So, and guys, if you haven't, please smash that like button. Definitely appreciate it if you do that. If you guys have any more super chats, just send them our way. We'll answer them as soon as we get them. As long as we're not deep into a conversation, then we'll pivot right to it. Um, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, I guess we just go into the main event, right? Is that was really well. The only, well, the only other thing I wanted to touch on real quick was was well. There's two things. Yeah. Mac McAfee and Corbin. I thought McAfee looked really good again. Um, he had a couple like slips and stuff, but he did explain that on his show. He was like, he's like, that's it was so different with how hot it was and how humid yep. it got, and like yep. he was like, I he's like, I should have been practicing in the AC. Or not? Not he said he was practicing in the outside with, without thinking about that it was going to be in a stadium outside, and um. So, yeah. He, so the the little slip ups he had, he was like, it was on him. But he was like, I just didn't the inexperience of not realizing that the elements were going to be different, um, outside when with the heat and the sweat being different and stuff. So that was understandable. I still think he put on a really good uh, show against Corbin. Um, I thought that um. I don't really think there's much talk about with Usos and Street Profits. We've seen them wrestle each other a bunch, I feel like. It's always solid, yeah. but it's not really a whole lot we have to get into. I'll say this. This cost Titan's me. entrance. Yeah, yeah, true. That was cool. Um, yeah. so um this this was the worst thing I've seen <laughs> all year in the WWE. Okay. So I know this, what you're talking yeah, about. This literally like cost me five hundred dollars on WrestleMania. <laughs> so I had Ronda Rousey to win by submission in under eleven minutes, and Liv Morgan tapped out in yep. under eleven minutes. In fact, yep. it was under five minutes. It was four and a half mm -hmm. minutes about. But the stupid referee. And there was it's funny because there's actually some people that think I don't understand that like I I know that this is the storyline I get that this but I'm just saying like but he want your money but I'm, but I'm like what I what I predicted is right she tapped out in under 11 minutes it's just a stupid referee missed the tap and she tapped out before the three count anyways this match was so ass it was just Ronda Rousey beating the piss out of her for four and a half minutes and her just pinning herself. So anyway, screw all that. And then uh and yeah, then the, the main event I thought was really good. I mean, it was something different than what we've had before between the two. Um, I enjoyed it and I and the right person won. Like I'm glad Roman retained. So I also really hate the idea of like Rhonda putting someone in the arm bar and they like are fighting it for I like 30 that. seconds. So it's much. like, dude. If the arm bar is locked, there's nothing they can do. It's a wrap. It's you know what just, else is lame? Deal. Is the actual way she does the arm bar. She does like the super weird, like where she goes like above it and signs. Like, yeah. You rare, you really never see where she's bending their own arm. Like normally you'd be extending it, and she's like bending their arm towards her. Right. And stuff. I'm always like, this is. If you're gonna do an arm bar, just do an arm bar. I know they're trying to make it like like some special Ronda Rousey type of arm bar, but I mean, or at least like maybe go belly down with it, like Fedor used to or something. Like I I don't know, but and I can anyway. understand maybe if like when Ronda was MMA, like you know she didn't finish anybody with a submission that much, and she beat people up, and so now that she's in wrestling, she decides to use submissions. But like, dude, when she was in MMA, she tapped people out. That's what she did. So it's like we know that all of a sudden she just didn't forget technique. You know yeah. what I mean? And of so all people it, to just like be able to defend that, it's Liv Morgan. Right. 
Like if if they line that up in a UFC fight, this thing is over in seconds, and we have to believe that like Liv Morgan can fight through an armbar from Ronda Rousey. It's just it's and man, dumb. the fan base has been like rallying behind Liv for all these years, and I mean they finally what a what a joke of a title run so far. She beats Ronda for the title by like you cashing in after Ronda just had this like banger match with natalia and was like injured and beats her and then her defense in the rematch was this like just yeah. getting beat up and like ronda pinned herself while yeah. she was tapping yeah it yeah we um yeah so we got that out of the way anything else you want to cover before we talk about the main event um no i thought it was cool though that uh eos shirai or eos eos sky like i've always i've liked her for a long time. So I'm I hope they do something with her on the main roster. I actually I'm gonna finally pull the trigger on her uh her elite on ringside because mm-hmm. it's only six bucks right now. So it's a good quality uh, figure too. It's a very nice figure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so anyways, uh I I really like the main event. Like I yeah. thought this was almost perfect wwe main event like this is the entertainment factor this is a hard-hitting uh false finishes big action spots like both guys came across looking like monsters i thought this was the best roman and brock match we've ever had if this was brock's last match in wwe i think it's the perfect way to go out i don't think it is but i'm just saying i thought that it was uh really entertaining like this reminds me of like almost like 1999 2000 type wwf uh main event like it it, it was cool i really liked the tractor spot i just thought it was fun it was creative tipping roman over like that um it was just it, Austin Theory getting involved, but just being kind of the like treated like a joke. And but yet Roman uses the briefcase to like beat on Brock. And I don't know. I just I just enjoyed the match. Like some people thought it was almost like Vince Russo ish, but I didn't I didn't get that vibe. I got the like WWE WWF vibe. Well, what's funny is Vince Russo was around around that time of the ninety nine or so, right? Like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. So I mean, maybe, but. I I thought that this was worked and I I thought that like SummerSlam kind of started off a little bit strong with the women's match and then it kind of died down and it didn't have as much appeal and the match card wasn't the best but I felt like after that main event it felt like a SummerSlam it felt like a big show and it was it was a good show I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then uh I didn't really watch much of Raw last night but I did see uh, the finish of that AJ Ali and Miz match, and that was pretty badass. Like the 450 from Ali right into the Styles Clash, and he, yeah. So like that was so you can already start seeing little things where like the wrestlers came up with that clearly. Like that was like you know right. like them doing some like going for it a little bit more in the ring than like what we normally see. Getting a little more creative, like and yep. you know, and it's gonna remind a lot of people too, like. If you like myself included, like when I watch AJ Styles do that kind of stuff, I'm always like, he's still like the best out there. Like, I hate that I don't watch him more often because I just don't watch WWE that much. But like, there's guys like AJ that like I really do miss supporting because like he's still so 
he's phenomenal. He really like I know it's corny, but like he really is. Like he's still so good. Um, what did you? Uh, it, it, then it was like Tommaso Ciampa and AJ in the finals for the U.S. title. It was Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins. Like you could tell that like Triple H is starting to put some really talented guys and matching them up. Like I think that's always been a thing. Is like it doesn't matter how good your roster is if they're not facing other great talent. And that was a big part of the WWE. Is like, oh yeah, well Riddle's good and Montez Ford's good and. You know, Chomp is good, AJ's good, but then you put like AJ with Omos, and it's like, what, what's the point of this or whatever you're gonna do? And it's like, there seem to be trying to stack the cards. I mean, if the next pay per view and you're gonna get like Edge and Finn Balor and you know Chompa and Bobby Lashley or whatever, like I feel like by the time that the card is done, there will be a lot of new, fresh, appealing matches, and I think a lot of that has to do with Triple H. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I I missed a lot of the stuff on Raw because last night uh, I see people in the chat talking about it a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll I won't spoil anything for those of you who might have missed it, but yeah, last night was like a big episode of uh, Better Call Saul, so like that was that that's on during Raw. So I didn't I watched Better Call Saul last night. Anyways, Hoover Max Extract Sixty Pressure Pro is the guy who's always in here changing his name to references so i was that's a breaking bad reference so anyways um but yeah no from what i saw of raw last night it looked like a good show and the in-ring wrestling looked a lot more appealing and seeing uh, champa you know obviously he's getting a push and like that's clearly a statement i feel like from triple h like like you just said that's uh like from champa to go from like background kind of weird Miz bodyguard whatever he was doing to like now yeah. He wins like two big matches in one night and he's going after a title and and they were doing like video packages for the u.s title so like they're trying to like like invoke prestige into the championships and like show you the history um even the other week when when they i know it was the Rey mysterio 20th anniversary thing and all but like they should just do more stuff like that with the video packages just have a random every monday it's just a random like minute or two minute long just video package about like kevin owens just like who he is what he's about highlights finishing moves you know like just almost just re-educate the fan base that's like almost like you're restarting like you know and, and, and start highlighting people that are going to have like pushes coming up and stuff like that yeah <clears throat> yeah um yeah, it's it's interesting, and now it sounds like that possibly, or it's confirmed, or whatever. I'm not sure, but Sasha and Naomi are coming back to sounds WWE, like it, and to me, there's no way that if you're AEW, this is good news that Triple H is in charge now, because I feel like that they were going to probably land both of them if they were to be released. So how many others would that have changed their mind as well? And what does that do for the future? So I think in pro wrestling, it's great. Pro wrestling overall, it's better for the company. It's healthy. It's great. But if you're just pulling for AEW, it has to have a little bit of a concern there because like I said, the reason a lot of the roster was able to be built is because people were fed up with the Vince McMahon era of WWE. So Sasha would have helped the women's division in AEW a lot. 
even Naomi would have helped. So I, I do think that that is a, a bit of a blow. But I also think that AEW stole a lot of people from WWE. And so it's like, you know, you can't just expect to get everybody. So, and it will be interesting when contracts are up and where people sign and things like that. One thing also I saw is that the uh, tryouts were mm -hmm. kind of talked about as a disaster that they're putting a lot of inexperienced people in the ring and there's concussions and people are getting hurt in there. Dwight Howard. Right. That was just nonsense. <laughs> um, the, so like, I think that triple H is definitely going to start to open that indie door again. And uh, we'll see some more higher quality talent coming in and getting signed by the company, which I yeah. think is, is a must. I think it's great for pro wrestling. I think that was an absolute brutal thing to happen in pro wrestling when they got out of that game and then it's just up to AEW and then whatever AEW doesn't want, then it's just like basically your impact or you're going to Japan or you're not going to wrestle anymore. You're doing Indies. That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. Very true. And then, and also when it comes to, uh, you're talking about like a, a concern that you might have as like an AEW fan, with Triple H being in charge, but we also got to keep in mind Tony Khan's been pretty smart about some of these signings that from WWE to AEW because he's yeah he locked he's been locking he locked Adam Cole until 2027 and Alki Black till 2027 like like those guys aren't going anywhere for a while so yeah that I was surprised by that actually I didn't think that those guys would have signed for five years but, but that's I how guess over they were they so were. Yeah. like fed up with everything they're like five years sure why not. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that was interesting as well. It makes me wonder how many guys are actually there for a, quite a quite a bit, and that we think they're only going to be there like one or two years, and it's actually five. So, and like, I think Malachi's like thirty five, thirty six. So if he's on a five year deal, it'd be done when he's like forties. So like, I, I don't know. He might he might be done after that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I honestly, I would love for them to look into um, uh, quite possibly a trade. Like, if if you're actually now willing to talk to each other and both parties are for it, then I think it would be something amazing. It could be incredible. Like, imagine just trading MJF for, for somebody and, like, the buzz that that would get. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I mean, we've only seen it happen like once in in the mainstream with like the MMA, and that was you know the the Ben Askren Mighty Mouse right. yeah. trade. I mean, there was technicalities to that where they were like released and then signed, but essentially it was a trade, and that's really the only time we've seen something like that. I feel like that would be anything like that. Like if if it's kind of out of the blue, all of a sudden it was like. Yeah, MJF just got traded for Braun Breaker or whatever. You just be like, wait, what? Like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Let's see how it turns out. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I mean, I think it's also possible for the Forbidden Door and everything. I think I think everything's just especially listening to Triple H on Impulsive today, like he's making it really clear and in, in interviews recently as well. Like, he's not like He's giving Vince all of the credit in the world that that yeah. he deserves, but he's also making it pretty clear, like, this is my opportunity now with this team to, like, do something different. Yep. 
you know, and like, I think that they, they definitely will. It's just going to be a process. It's not going to be just a, a light switch overnight type thing. Like it's going to be a process of change, but I mean, it's definitely, it's the most, it's the most um, interested I've been in the WWE in a very long time. Um, you know, and especially when Cody comes back, I'm going to be yep. heavily invested. So, I mean, dude, Cody and Roman could just feel like monumental by the time we get to WrestleMania. Like that could be incredible. So I'm, I'm all for it. And especially if they're going to TV 14 and they can kind of take shots at each other. And I just, I think that, uh, I think that'll be good. Definitely yeah. be good. So not, yeah, you know, normally we're, we're usually ragging on the WWE and all, but I mean, there's, there's times where you got to give its dues and we're definitely seeing some changes, nothing extreme, but you can definitely tell that they're starting to, do some things in the right direction. So you got to give them their props for that. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely. I, I always say that by the way, like I'm, I, I do bash it up at a B probably more than I, I probably should. Um, but I feel like it's justified, but, I, but I always say that it's from the perspective of like me and like what I want as a fan, I'd never bash anybody for liking the show or supporting the show or watching raw every week. Like, and, when the show's good and when they're doing good things, I'm more than happy to talk about it. I would love, dude, I would love nothing more than to like every Monday get excited for 8 p.m. Eastern to roll around again. And like every Monday I'm like watching raw for three hours, like excited watching it. Like I would love for that to be me on Monday nights, every Monday. Like, so if the show keeps getting better, I'd love to be like a full on WWE fan again. I mean, I I, I say full on, like, I'm going to keep supporting AEW, keep supporting GCW, keep supporting the indies and everything. But like, I love to work the WWE back into my weekly wrestling schedule. So just got to get better. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just go there. Um, mm-hmm. So overall, I thought the event was pretty good. It reminded me of like all in meets Jim Crockett productions. Like that's kind of what the show felt like. Um, Just a big, just sound like a big indie show, but with the 9,000 people there or whatever it was like, you know, and Bret Hart and Mick Foley and the undertaker and whatever else. But it, it, it was just kind of like a mix on different things. Um, but the, I thought the Lucha match was awesome. I didn't really like the bunkhouse brawl GCW thing. I just, it just, it, it felt so out of that element. Like I get that they were trying to cross and make it fun, but I just didn't think it worked. Um, I thought, you know, another one, I thought Jonathan Gresham looked really good and he proved that he's a very good wrestler as always. And like, I just think he's going down the wrong path of how he wants to do his career, but it is what it is. Uh, it, okay. And then the main event, I mean, dude, like, that was bad. That was really okay. bad. Before we get to the main event, let me touch on the the some of the stuff leading up to it real quick. Yeah. So um, I'll say the Bunkhouse Battle Royal, I thought it was really smart that Mance Warner won. Like, if anyone's yeah, I agree something that. like that, like that's... I agree with that. So good for Mance. Um, he's a guy who's a huge Crockett and WCW Mark and stuff. Like he's that was right up his alley. Yep. Um, 
uh yeah like uh, everything else was was very solid and most of it was short but I, I liked it i liked the pacing of the show like they had 11 matches but like it went most of them were like five minutes long like 10 minutes at the most most of them and stuff but i thought it worked really well um that that lucha match my brother was watching that with me and he was like that his two takeaways was He's like, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Like, he just loved it. And he was like, Black Taurus is my new favorite wrestler. <laughs> like, mm. he loved that guy. Um, he somehow had never seen him before while watching wrestling with me. I don't know how that's happened. Um, I thought Fachu and Alexander, they got around yeah. back on impact for the title. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was really good. And Fachu really, uh, I think a lot of fans were exposed to Fachu through this show that just don't pay attention to MLW. Um, my, uh, my, not my tweet, but my tweet response pissed off Court Bauer. And mm. like I tweeted out and then someone responded, but I basically said that Jacob Fatu is wasting away in MLW uh. and he belongs in either WWE or AEW. And then somebody said that he signed a five-year deal with MLW, which to me is just awful. But I guess WWE wasn't interested in him. And I don't know about AEW, but I mean, to me, he would – he would fit perfect in the bloodline. Oh my god, hundred percent. Yeah. So no. Nah, so and yeah, there was other stuff like you know, everything else I thought was was fine for what it needed to be. We don't need to yeah, talk like about that. everything uh, in detail, but yeah. Um, before before you give your thoughts on Ric Flair, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I gotta go grab a drink real quick. Like yeah. starting to go. I want to make sure I'm. I got plenty of voice here. Threes. We had a lot <laughs> to talk about with this Ric Flair stuff. And, yeah. and even if it's not a super chat, or if you want to just like interact with the chat for like a minute, I'll I'll be right back. Cool. So what's up, guys? Anything going on? I'm kind of looking through Twitter, just seeing if there's any news or anything that's happening. Wow, that's stiff. That would suck. By the way, he, he was at WrestleCon, and I wanted to meet him. He was only like 25 bucks. I was like, heck yeah. But he was at Rikishi's table, and like, I don't know if it was Rikishi's wife or just a lady that works for him or something, but dude, she just would like nonstop market Rikishi to the point to where it was like uncomfortable, just like, Hey, come sit with Quiche. Get yourself an autograph and a picture and get this t-shirt and blah, blah, blah. And like, she would not take no for an answer. So I just completely avoided his table because I was like, man, leave me alone. Doug, do you think this will be McCarthy's last year and you guys will be all in on Sean Payton? Uh, if we switch coaches, I think it'll be for Dan Quinn. I don't think we're as in on Sean Payton as the media wants us to be. And the thing with Sean Payton is, is the guy loves to spend cap money and we don't. So I just don't see it working out. Like I don't see Steven sitting there and just letting Sean Payton restructure contracts and spend all this money to get players and burn future years and put us in cap hell. Like I just don't see it happening. While Steven's here, guys, while Steven's gone, can you guys please smash that like button? We got 43 people in here right now. I would definitely appreciate it. Um, but, but yeah, I, 
I think Jerry really likes Dan Quinn. I think it's almost uncomfortable now because I think Mike knows Jerry likes Dan Quinn. And I think that they're both in an agreement that they're there together to make the team the best. But like, let's say that we have a bad season and there's a mid season firing. Like we would fire Mike McCarthy and we would make Dan Quinn the head coach. I know that for a fact. What's up, Robert? I'm right here. Steven's the one that left. What? Who said? And now who said Steven's that? back. Mm. He said, what happened to Doug? What happened Doug to Bill? Doug right here. Maybe that, maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> what happened he's, to Bill? He, he's chilling. All right. So, all right. We have yeah, – if you want to start, I mean, yeah, this is this – okay. this is something that you definitely got to address. So okay, he did mean Bill. Yeah, Bill's Bill's good. Bill's fine. We're still friends. Talk to him every day. All that good stuff. He just doesn't want to do YouTube anymore. So I'm I'm here with Steven. Yeah. Um he's always welcome. He knows that. Steven, you know how I was saying that like I just didn't want to see like bad Chuck Liddell, like the moment yeah. that he yeah. comes out and you're like, oh my God, like no, this is bad. Yeah. I think this was like worse. I think this was as bad as it gets. Like this was like he, between like that and like Scott Hall walking out without. Yes. The, yeah. This yes. Was between that, like yeah. not to that extreme of Scott right. Hall at that indie, but in the middle somewhere. Now I'm just asking because I didn't. I didn't really come off like that. I don't drink a lot though. I'm not around people that drink a lot. Do you think he was drunk? Who? Rick Flair. Flair. Yes. Oh no, I don't think so. So he's just he's old, right? I think, like that, yeah. I think he that's was how incredibly I took gassed out by the end of that match. Like, oh my like god, incredibly yes. gassed out. Yeah, and I mean, so I think one thing that was bad is when he first comes out, he's holding on to the belt because he's trying to not have the belt fall. Right. But it looked like he was like could barely walk, and I was right. like, oh my god. And it sucked too, because I mean, like the buildup was great. I thought the buildup yeah. was phenomenal. Jeff Jarrett's entrance was great. I give props to Jeff Jarrett. He brought that heel heat. He was attacking fans. Like he and he's in great shape, in. dude. Like great I was just saying it at the at uh, SummerSlam during the referee thing. He's wearing the cutoff sleeves, and me and my brother were both like, dude, you can put the world title on this guy still, <laughs> right? Yeah, great shape. Yeah. And then like. The lights go out. All the fans are chanting "woo, woo, woo!" Like everybody's feeling it. And God, the moment Flair comes out, it's just like, "Oh no!" Like this is not good. And then he tries to get into the ring, and his like foot's kind of getting stuck in the rope before he can even get in there. And I'm like, "Oh God!" And I just remember him starting the match off with Jarrett, and like you remember when Flair would like do like a an, an attack like to tie up right off right. the bat and like if you're not coming forward to him you're not touching him he can't move he's literally just standing there and it wasn't believable none of his chops had any steam the figure four took like 30 seconds for him to apply i can't believe that they still wanted him to blade I knew it was happening, but it was just like, and then he had to fake a heart attack right in front of like Undertaker, Bret Hart, and Foley. 
And I'm going to be honest, like Undertaker to me looked a little disgusted. Well, he like looked he, pissed. He looked like he probably wants to talk to Conrad after the show and be like, hey, Conrad, can I talk to you for a second, brother? And then yeah. just being like, don't ever put him out there again. <laughs> Undertaker's you know? taping his fist backstage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I saw one of the funniest things where they were like, you know, they say never say never. And after that match, Taker said never. Like, I'm yeah. never coming back. Like, I'm retired. Or, or he's like, I got to get some more out of my system now so that I Before don't I look become like this. that. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm already and, going towards that, like the Goldberg Saudi match and stuff, but like, I'm not anywhere near what I just saw. So, like, maybe get a few more out now and then not wait until I'm 73. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> One, one of the telling moments, too, was, like, when Andrade and Jay Lethal got in there, like, dude, it felt like somebody had pressed fast forward. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just yeah. like, and I was just like, oh, okay, here we're back to normal speed. Because it was so slow, and, uh, yeah, it was bad. Like, I was just, at, during the match, I was just praying that 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 it would just end. Like that was mainly where I was like, let's just get to the finish. Let's just get to the end. Like this is this is not good at all. And I just wish the same thing with Chuck Liddell, the same thing with these other guys. Like, dude, you see them in training. You see where they're at. Like, you can't just say, oh yeah, well if he wants to, let's go ahead and do it. Like, that was embarrassing. That was bad. Like, I, I hope, I hope that Flair got it all out of his system. I hope he watches that back and realizes that he's no longer the nature boy and it's over. Uh, cause, and, and I would really, really question anybody that tried to book Ric Flair after this. Like you see, you saw that now, like, come on. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think anybody trying to book Flair going forward is going to get a lot of hate online. Like yes. not even, not even for like the, other reasons people don't like Ric Flair, it's going to be strictly because of like did that is exploiting somebody. But the sad thing is, he probably needs the money, like you know. So like he'll probably, I don't. Th- I mean, he absolutely shouldn't do that again. Like, and and I think people supporting that that's not a good thing. Like anyone who would want to buy a ticket to see that again, or you know, support it in any way, shape, or form, I I don't. But I'm just. I don't know. I mean, you would hope that that's it. They're like, um, these Ace King said in the chat, I'll pull that up. I mean, this is true. This was like multiple parts of the match it was like, Flair just couldn't stand up. Like he was so good at, at the end of the match. He pinned himself with the figure four. Cause he was, right. like, he was out. Yeah. And then he couldn't stand for like a few minutes after right. the match. They're like, they're like announcing him as the winner. And they're like, they're like checking him with doctors and like you know when he used to put the figure four on like he's cranking it he's like you know like at least like sit up and do something i mean he, the, he's just like he locked that thing in and he was just like i'm done i got nothing left and, and jared is pinned like oh god okay so bad yeah so bad so and like there was like the black the brass knuckle spot got really uncomfortable because like like Andrade is literally like pulling Ric Flair off of the ground and like holding him up to get like, and Flair's hands are like shaking because he can't like, and they're like trying to get the bread that knocks on him. And now, all right. So I'm going to say that like 99% of this was negative. This whole experience, the card was good. 
But as far as like this match itself, it was like a 99% like unenjoyable experience for me. The one redeeming quality had nothing to do with this match. And it was Jimmy Lloyd giving knucks to Ric Flair after that match. Like, how about I, that was funny? That was funny. But how about he comes forward to Blake Christian? Yeah, Blake Christian. And Blake Christian's like, yeah. <laughs> like, like he, he, he's like expecting him to come forward to other people. And he just goes right up to Blake Christian with two fist bumps. And Blake Christian's like, yeah, he's like looking All behind right, him. Like, I'll take it. And that's Zorn Anderson like, behind me. <laughs> oh shit! I can bump him. Like here, yeah, yeah, you know, like oh man. Matt Cardona took some pretty yeah. funny videos of like <laughs> yeah. him with Jimmy Lloyd, and like there was a there's a video I've retweeted multiple times that uh, John Carlo, uh, and it's six seconds long, and I, I would I would play it on here, but I'm afraid we would get like copyrighted just because yeah. like there's a little like it's it's a clip from like a meme, but like. It's so it's so funny. Like, do you remember back in like 2015? There was like a meme that people. It was like it, it. It it's really hard to explain, but some people in the chat might know what I'm talking about. It's like a record scratch in like a stop, like a movie, and like it, it'll slowly like move towards you. And, I, and so it's like a record scratch, and like, yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering yeah. how I got myself in this situation, yeah. and like that's. But they did one of those for Jimmy Lloyd, like standing yeah. in the ring at Ric Flair's last match. I was like, "This is so funny." Um, but uh, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, that, but no, Ric Flair should never wrestle again. And if he does, it's going to be very, very sad because at that point, you know, he's doing it because he needs to for the money. Yeah. And it's even sadder that like someone's going to be willing to exploit him enough to yeah. like put it on. So. I mean, I think yeah. at this point, if someone puts books him in the ring, that is elderly abuse. Like that's yeah. it's, it's just at this point, it's too, taking it too far. One, one more, one more weird thing I need to point out is that is the post uh, post match interview where like half of it was about Kid Rock. I was like, what? well, and that's my thing. It's like, does he still think that Kid Rock is cool? Like Kid Rock <laughs> just got done making out with a fat chick that he didn't even that was seem weird. like he knew was gonna be making out with and then he's like okay i guess i'll make out with you and then did you notice that next day kid rock shows up with a hot chick to like basically say like hey that was something else i didn't mean for that to happen i've got this one over here like that was it was a it was a strange show yeah. um i did think one thing i did think was really cool is tony shivani was able to call that show and yes. tony shivani was able to interview rick but man did it come across like but I, but if they could come away with like doing a, an event like that with a star cast and then like a multi company show, and it, it doesn't have to be Jim Crockett, but kind of like an all in type thing of like Independence, New Japan, Impact mixed all together without having like a Ric Flair attraction, just maybe doing something else where it's like pro wrestling re relevant. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool. Like, I, I thought yeah. the event overall, the weekend with GCW, StarCast, Ric Flair's last match, like, I thought there was a lot of cool stuff that happened over the weekend. And it's just unfortunate, though, that, like, the main draw of the whole thing was just such a giant disappointment. Yeah. I mean, credit to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and Andrade for, like, trying to, like, I agree. make something they, they, out of they it. They really did. And I'll say another thing, you can tell that like Andrade cares about his father-in-law. Like he was yeah. really like making sure he was okay, helping him walk the, you know, like 
he yeah. he 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 didn't just like kind of just leave him there. Like he he really was checking on him, making sure he was okay. So that was that was cool to see. Yeah, and I wonder if um like why Charlotte wasn't shown on screen ever. Like I wonder if that's I don't think she was she, was she there? She was there, she was backstage. I'm almost positive. Okay, so she yeah. was backstage. Yeah. Because I mean yeah. her sister was there fighting with Karen Jarrett. Karen yeah. wants all the heat, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'll but, let them kill you, <laughs> <laughs> man. Um, but yeah, so hopefully Flair never wrestles again. That was that was that was rough. That was that was worst case scenario aside from like him dying out there. Like that would have obviously right. been worst case scenario. But I really thought like I really thought after the match was over when he was just laying there and he couldn't get up and there was like multiple refs and like doctors in there trying to like stand him up. I was like. He might just be telling them to leave him. Like, I mean, like this, yeah. like really, like this might be it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. It's a wrap. I got my final figure four. I'll say this, and I and I, you know, I'm not trying to jump to conclusions or anything, but I don't think he's gonna be around much longer. I honestly don't. I, I think don't that he's even, gonna yeah. I think he's gonna he's gonna live his life the way that he wants to live. I think he's gonna go out as a nature boy. They're saying he's drinking every night, he's partying, he's partying with kid rock, all that stuff. Like I think that at this point he's going to live his life to the fullest until it's over. And uh, I just don't, I don't think it's going to last that, that much longer. So if you guys are Ric Flair fans, if you have the opportunity to go meet him, if you have an opportunity to get an autograph signed or whatever, I, I recommend that you do that. Cause I, I don't have a great feeling about it. So uh, what else is there? What else? We got? I have this one. This is good news. And this is yes. like we're heading towards the right direction. And uh, I'm super stoked. We got Adam Cole coming back. We have Kyle O'Reilly back. Bobby Fish is going to be back. We got the Young Bucks. Um, they're all back together. I'm wondering where that puts Adam Hangman Page. How close are we to Kenny Omega? So there's a lot of uh, interesting questions going forward, but um, this was great news. You know, yeah. Jungle Boy came back. So a lot of the injury, Brian Danielson is back. So a lot of the injuries of AEW or guys are starting to heal and uh, we're getting close to having a full roster going into the fall. So yes. that's super exciting. I think for sure Hangman is going to align with the Young Bucks, but I think Kenny will also. Like, I really think it's going to be the four of them. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, they, I think they've been putting a lot of this off because of injuries and because of Kenny. I also saw the uh, the video game cover just came out for uh, AW Fight Forever. So, like, that's getting closer and closer to being a thing. Um. There was something else that I had to do with a. Oh yeah. Oh, I wanted to bring this up real quick too, just before I forget. Shout out to Daniel Garcia. Like beats John or uh, beat uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson uh, in the main event of Dynamite. Like, that's I, huge. I love that match. Yeah. I thought it was done so well, so good. And one of the things that I loved about it is that Brian Danielson would sell that he wasn't a hundred percent. So, like, it was automatically shown that, like, there were times where he wasn't fully recovered, but he kept going. And so, by Hager interfering and by Daniel Garcia being 100% fresh, it was enough to overcome Brian Danielson. But, like, Brian Danielson didn't lose any stock, but Daniel Garcia's stock rise. 
I honestly felt like it was a big show to like really put over the young guys. You yeah, know? same. Like yep. Sammy Guevara had his match with Dante and he won. Jungle Boy had his promo. Like it just felt like a lot of the young guys were Hob- getting the shine. Hobbs turned on Starks and Starks. Right. Like, he's going to get a big the, baby face. Yeah. Hook won the FTW title. Yep. Like, and that was a great piece of pro wrestling business right there. Like, Dan Housen sucks, whatever people cry me a river. I love Dan Housen, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, get it. garbage. And he took the L real quick. And then Ricky Starks has another challenger. Hook comes out, crowd goes nuts, totally behind Hook. Hook wins. It's basically the end of Team Taz. Ricky Starks cuts his passionate promo about when's it going to be his time. And then Hobbs lays him out like just perfect pro wrestling right there. Like you had the wrestling match, you had the, the, the new champion. You had somewhat of an upset. I wouldn't say it was complete cause we don't know where hooks at, but still Ricky Starks had been a long time champion. Then you had Hobbs with the turn. And I, I'm really looking forward to baby face Ricky Starks. Like I think that he's, he's definitely in the right position. I think him and Hobbs are going to elevate each other. That feud is clearly going to go to all out. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and, and, and another thing, too, like it's kind of refreshing that, you know, we, we did the New Japan thing, which I love New Japan. It was a it was a phenomenal show. Forbidden Door is probably going to go down as pay-per-view of the year if you're just talking pro wrestling. Right. And then right after that, it was like build up to ROH. So now ROH is gone. So now we're finally more just like focused on AEW. We're on the road to all out like. Guys are coming back from being injured. There's just a lot to look forward to in AEW right now. Yep. Yeah. And I um with what you were saying about Hobbs and um <coughs> Starks elevating each other, like I think their feud is gonna be very mutually beneficial. Like I think Starks is gonna wind up being one of the top baby faces in the company eventually. And I would pair Stokely Hathaway with Hobbs hundred percent. Like like have have put them together stokely i missed rampage but i saw stokely aligned with lee moriarty also which is awesome like yeah lee kind of started to turn heel i I think he's basically getting the jonathan gresham role because jonathan gresham decided that he doesn't want to be there anymore i mean that's going to turn out great for moriarty though like he he can fill that that role in my opinion and he could use stokely like he's not the best on the mic and so stokely could definitely talk his way for him and i i i like the pairing i think it's very good yeah so a lot of good stuff going on what do you think about jericho and moxley I'm good with it. I think it makes sense uh, with where Jericho's at and with uh, the story between the two and it's a rematch um, yep. for the title and everything. I, I expect Mox to retain, which I'm fine yep. with. Um, and Mox is just such a badass dude. Like I, I love John Moxley and like what he's doing with NAW and, and I mean, he retained the GCW title over Blake Christian over the weekend too. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a great spot to be in if you're AEW when so many people go out, including your your world champion, CM Punk, and you can just fall right onto John Moxley and Chris Jericho. Like you got something big right there. And that's, I'm sure it will deliver. Like I'm sure the match will and and also I obviously love that Moxley has called out Lionheart Chris Jericho, the last survivor of the heart. Yeah. Like that is 
that's mark out for me. So he's gonna be dressed up like it too. I promise yeah. you. Like oh, yeah. they're gonna yeah, the go all out for and, it. Yeah. I, I it'll be very cool. He's gonna put him in the lion tamer the whole night. Yeah. It's happening. Hell yeah. So yeah, there'll be an interesting um story. Hopefully they have a nice cool road to video package for it. It's at that battle at the lake or whatever. Quake uh, at the lake in Minnesota. Quake at the lake. Yeah. yeah. So it'll have like a kind of a pay-per-view theme. So that should be a fun show next week. Yeah. I wonder if Gordon Bombay will be there. I don't think he will be there. I don't I don't think that's Jeez, happening. we're in all of our fun. Hey, hey, Justin Jefferson might be there maybe. That's possible. That could that could happen. That could actually happen. That could happen. I don't think Kirk Cousins will be there, but I think Justin I know, Jefferson Kirk will Cousins be there. Yeah, got, got some kind of low key swag that people are, you know, yeah. don't, don't know about. I feel like you like that. You like that. I, yeah, you like that. Hey, if I die, I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old good old Kirk Cousins. Yes. So so yeah, a lot of good stuff with AEW. Um, really looking forward to that. And I guess now we can uh, jump into uh, UFC 277. Um, so I saw Amanda doing like photos for like promotional shots for the UFC, and she looked in amazing shape. And I was just like, ooh, this is different. Like I could tell that she had definitely taken it more seriously. And then she uh and then I saw Juliana and Juliana was in really good shape. But the one thing that kind of threw me off was she took it all the way to the final bell to weigh in. And I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. And then I mean, once the fight started, dude, like Juliana has all the heart in the world, but I mean, Amanda was just better than her than every way possible. And I, and I don't know if you remember, but I did kind of say, I definitely was on 50, 50. So I'm not denying that, but I did always feel like that Juliana was going to beat Amanda because she was sleeping on Amanda. And based on her style, that was going to be the problem for Amanda. But I always felt like Amanda was the better fighter. So that's why I was still picking Amanda but I was definitely like, you never know if Amanda's just done. She just quit her gym. She's only going to be working at her new gym where she doesn't want to get pushed very hard and all that stuff. But then when I saw her in the shape that she was in, um, I was I was impressed. But I'll say this. That was a five-round domination, but still felt like Juliana was in the fight, right? Like, still – Busted Amanda a couple times. Amanda's whole cheek was swollen. Eye cl- eyes closed at the press conference. Amanda was on crutches. One thing that really surprised me, though, is I did not expect Amanda to dominate her in wrestling. Like, Juliana could not stop the takedown at all. Anytime Amanda wanted to take her down, she took her down at will. That was surprising. I felt like if Juliana was going to win the fight, she would have had to incorporate her wrestling. She never did. And then, But she did try multiple submission attempts. I'll give her that. And she's... Gutsy as hell. I mean, she got dropped like four times, busted open, bleeding, and she's still game all the way till the end. So I think she's tough as nails. I, I'm a fan of Juliana. I can't wait to see her fight again. But, I mean, Amanda's just a superior fighter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was – there was some kind of – I don't want to say funny because I would never make fun of these people ever. Like, they have more guts and 
falls and what I, than I ever will to even step in the octagon. But Juliana's stand up was like embarrassing at points for against Amanda. Like the, the way she was running forward and throwing punches like this, and Amanda was just sidestepping her and clocking her. It was like it was it was night and day how much better Amanda's stand up was. Um, and Juliana just I just don't think she had an answer for her when it came to really anything like you said. Um, like I'd be fine with them running this back at some point if Juliana like won a, a contender fight again or something. But like you know, I want to see Shevchenko and Nunez again now. Like that's, I feel like that's the fight that has to get made. I think they got to run a trilogy at bantamweight there, personally. But yeah, I mean, good for Amanda. She, you know, and but I will say this: I had a, I had a uh, allegedly a parlay going on this show. I had a few of them, but I had one for that that included. Um, I had, uh, I had, um, wow, which one was it? I think it was the, I think the parlay I had was like, it was like a $5 parlay to win like 350 or something. And it was Magomed and Kaleov by TKO on Anthony Smith, which happened. Yeah. Um, Sergei Pavlovich, TKO on Derek Lewis in the first round. I had like the round and the method. And then, I had Nunez by first round TKO, which obviously didn't happen, but she dropped her like two or three times in the first oh, round. I bet you were like <laughs> on pins and needles, just like, oh. Uh, it would have been like 350 on like a $5 bet. So those are the kind of things that I'm always talking about. Like I'm okay with losing five bucks when I'm, when you're that close. I mean, occasionally those hit and that's why I, I allegedly like to do that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's uh. You can definitely hit some hit some uh, parlays if you get lucky and things fall your way. But yeah. the reason that they mostly don't hit is just because this you just never know what happens in the sport. Like this, the most weird sure. random stuff can happen, and you're like, "What?" Like, I mean, even just like a ref stoppage, right? Like, yes, Derek Lewis was hurt, but I don't agree with that ref stoppage. Like that, should, that fight should have kept going, but I don't think he would have won. Yeah, I mean, I was great with it because I had. Right, invested interest in a first round knockout by Pavlovich, but but yeah, I get I get Lewis, but I think he would have just taken more punches to the face on the ground personally. But I get it's Derek Lewis, and like you'd like to see him at least get the benefit of the doubt, um, because he 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 disputed it immediately. But it, I mean, that's the risk you take. I mean, not not that he was calculated by or anything, but like when you fall face first like that, a lot of refs are going to be real clo- real close to jumping in. Like Derek Lewis went, you know, face down into the mat. No, I agree. You know, and so. it's easy to pop back up, right? When like they the stop punching stop you. the fight. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's easy to just pop up, like, hey, I'm fine. What's wrong? But it's like, no, you were hurt. So yeah, like, and if I you're still it. down there, you might eat like five more to the head, and like you don't get up. You know. Yeah. Like, I mean, so and then yeah, like the rest of the show, like Brandon Marino. You, I mean, you got to run back Marino and, and Figueredo. Like, and they're obviously, they've gotten the octagon and talked uh, a little bit about that. But I think Kai Car France looked very solid. He has very good stand up, uh, which I expected. And he, um, it was actually the third round. The It was his best round. He looked like he was, he was dominating the round. And then Marino got him with that liver shot and put him away. I mean, just Marino's just badass. Like, him and Figueredo are just the two best guys in that division. Uh, but how did he feel about Marino's performance? Cause I feel like he's, I mean, for him, him and Figueredo to me, is just like a coin flip. Like who's, who the best I, at this point, is. 
at this point, how many times would they have fought now? Like this, this will be the fourth. Man, I don't know how many times. But it was. In the but it was a, There's been four fights. But it's justified because like the first one was a draw. Yeah. The yeah. second one, Marina won by submission. Yeah. The third one, Figueroa won by I think split decision. And then, so I mean, it's yep. You yeah, it's sellable. But I mean, it's so rare. Right. Like, I I'm trying to think of a. a fights where they've had four times like i i don't i nothing's coming off the top of my head frankie and gray was what three yeah and then like tim sylvia and arlosky was three tito ken was three tito chuck was three even though yeah it wasn't the USC. yeah but you know you know what i mean i feel like there had to have been anybody anybody in the chat yeah know if there's been four We've had how many times have we had, we've had Volkanovski and Holloway three times. I guess that yep. could potentially happen a fourth time if like Holloway beats the right people. I guess. I think Volkanovski would have to lose. Yeah, me and too. Then, and then like Holloway and Volkanovski would have to fight to like for a contender or something. I agree. I don't think yeah. it'd be for a title. Yeah, I don't think I can think of any other. Anyway, I mean, especially not for the title. There's no way there's been a, a four for the title. I mean, because I could see maybe the only other scenario I could see is maybe people had fought for the title, but had fought like non-title before. Like how Usman has fought Edwards before, you know, non-title. And now they're going to fight for the title again. That's only two times, but like, you know, I could see them maybe. Anyway, that yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. That might be the only time we've had uh because yeah, we have poor, I well, they might do it with Poirier and Connor. Maybe I could yeah. see them maybe doing that. That's the only other one that's kind of on my radar. I guess that that's possible right now. But yeah, they've done they've done those they've done that three times, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't even know who I pick in that one, honestly. Between Figueroa and Marino, like I I won't be betting on that fight. That's just too risky. But like, even just making picks. Honestly, I think Marino is the better fighter, but like it just it's just who is better on that night. I mean, both both their skill sets are like they match up really well against each other. Did Andre uh, Tinsley fight in one FC? I think they oh. did like a few years ago, actually. Now that it was what was it in like 2018 or something? Let's look that up. Pretty sure they did. I'm almost. I, I think he's right because they fought three times in the UFC. Yeah. Yep, they did. Did it say when it was? 2012. 2012. I didn't realize. Yep. It was, geez, that was already ten years ago. I figured it would have been like more recent because Andre is still fighting. I guess it's been a while since since Tim Sylvia fought. He's one of those guys, I'll be honest. Like I, I it ends it ends in a controversial no contest. Yeah. Yeah. And there I, was not a winner. I do remember that. Like, but I'll I'll say like Tim Sylvia, I get he's like especially the modern fan and stuff, like he's kind no, of become a garbage. meme and stuff. But but I honestly I feel like he has as much of a right to be in like the UFC Hall of Fame as some of the other people I see in there. Like no, the, for sure. Like the for problem sure. for him was, I get like because we we lived through the era of like we knew the better heavyweights were in pride, like we knew that at that time, but like 
that isn't Tim Sylvia's fault. Like, you know what I mean? He was beating all no. the guys the UFC had. But like, <laughs> so, like you literally just, oh, look at that. We got like a, a horror here. Yeah. It, that sm- it smashed that light. Yeah. Anyways, you literally um, uh, basically with, with him, like he beat Cabbage and became the number one contender. Like you right. win one fight right. and you become the number one contender. So he beat Cabbage, and then he fought Rico Rodriguez at UFC 41, knocked him out. Yeah. And then he fought Gan McGee at UFC 44, knocked him out. And that's when he tested positive for steroids. And then there, uh, I'm not sure when he came back after the, that. Then he just started fighting, like, not to lose, stopped, like, head-kicking people and stuff. Because 51, he fought Arlovsky. Frank Mir. He came back for Frank Mir, and Frank Mir broke his arm at UFC 48 against right. – uh, that was when Ken Shamrock and uh, Chemo. So, yeah, literally broke his arm in that arm. Yeah. 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 And then Mir went off to, like, get injured on a motorcycle accident and right. get the belt up. That was so bizarre, right. that whole era. And then and he came years. back, and, and God, he faced a Buono – whatever, some, like – really terrible not in great shape brazilian guy beat the crap out of him potapano or something was his name and he, that was his debut and frank Mir was not in great shape back then he got he got beat up did he fight brandon vera back then too or he did fight brandon vera at one point yeah. i'm not sure when good old brandon vera because i remember there was a time there where like he was like there was a hype train behind him and it was like yep. he's gonna be the light heavyweight champion and the heavyweight champion simultaneously and then he just like had a huge decline i think he's been the champion and like won for like years though like he's been killing it like outside the ufc forever it feels like but yeah in the ufc Every now and then they would have those guys. Like I remember, like Brandon Thatch had like a big hype train and just like fell off. Like there, there's they've been this random guys like that. Yeah. Mayhem Miller, but that was all his own doing. Like oh my god, he, he, he could have been like a megastar. Like and he's just moron. He's probably jo- in jail right now. Joe Riggs. Yeah, yeah. And then and, just, and he'll, Justin he'll, Eilers. Joe Joe, <laughs> Joe Riggs. R.I.P. Joe, Joe Riggs will live forever with the uh, the hospital story with the Diaz brothers. Oh, Sage Northcutt. I mean, he is the poster boy of like just yeah everything that you would want a fighter to be if you were a promotion, except he couldn't really fight. So like Dude, he was yeah, all, he, like, he, he was looked like, like a million, bucks, but... million bucks. Very like, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. No, I'm trying, Mr. sir. I'll do my best, sir. Mr. Hawani, sir. And then like, God, he got hit so hard in that one FC show that yeah. like he needed like <laughs> reconstructive oh, like, surgery. The guy, like, broke half his face with that one. Yeah, punch. and yeah. like he'll, I don't know if he'll ever fight again. Yeah, I don't think he's fought since then. Yeah, if he has, it's while. been like very low profile, and he probably got his ass kicked. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember at one point UFC did Sage Northcut versus Mickey Gall, and I remember thinking like this is like the fight of the future because like Mickey Gall like just beat CM Punk, so like there was hype behind him, and Sage yep. Northcut had all the hype he did, and yeah, just because of the way he looked and like he was beating 
some jabronis, but like he was getting a couple wins. I remember I remember Mickey Gall beating him, and I think Gall went on to become he went to become a pretty good fighter. Not like I mean maybe on the brink of like the top twenty or whatever the division at points or whatever, but like Sage Northcutt, man, yeah, that was. That was an experiment that just didn't really wind up. And I remember that being a big deal too. Like people thought the UFC was crazy for like letting him go when they did. You know, they were like people were like, man, this guy's like gonna be your this massive star. And Sage was like betting on himself. It's like I'm gonna go over here and like show my real value. And they gave him like this huge contract. And then first fight that happens just gets gets his face just completely smashed. Yeah. Um, we got a super chat from Chris. Appreciate it, Chris, as always. Thanks, man. Um, evening, guys. Despite Nunes winning in a dominant fashion, Pena still showed a ton of toughness. Do yep. you think UFC can market a third fight down the line? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she can talk, right? That's going to be a huge thing for her. She can talk. She can promote herself. Um, she's also one of those people that's so determined that she might try to change her style up, maybe not be so flat-footed when she's boxing. Um maybe focus way more on her wrestling. Like there's a lot of things that she could try to do that she could be a better fighter at and uh, be throw some different curveballs at Amanda. Right. So the question is who does she fight to get there? That would be the interesting one. And I, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't really know what's out there at 135, honestly, except like Valentina moving up to fight Amanda, what they're talking about or something like that. There's still value in beating someone like Holly Holm or like Jermaine Durandy or something like that. But I don't know if that's enough to get her a title shot after losing five rounds. That's the that's my thing. I, I think it is only because she subbed her the first time. You know what I mean? Because like I think yeah. I think I think if someone like Valentino wasn't like looming right now, they'd probably just go right to the trilogy between Pena and Nunez, honestly. Um, but because I think Shevchenko is there, they'll they'll probably do Shevchenko and Nunez first. But um, Dana White just confirmed the press conference that he doesn't hate Cyborg, and the Cyborg wished him a happy birthday. <laughs> Listen, bring her back. I'll watch her and Amanda go again because I think that that fight could be completely different yeah. if Cyborg would actually respect Amanda's power and uh, fight her smart. I think that that fight could be a lot different. And you know, Scott Coker would do it. No problem. So here's yeah. my thing, dude. When's the last time you've been buzzed about a Bellator event? Oh, it hasn't happened in a very long time. It happens I, when like Fedor fights. That's like pretty much it. Like, dude, if they <laughs> folded tomorrow, I would not be surprised. Like, Showtime is is not doing great. They have a lot of crappy stuff in their boxing and all that stuff. Like, Bellator is just. It's just to me, it's just almost a dead brand. Like I just don't care. They've maybe got like seven or eight fighters that I would love to see in the UFC, but for the most part, like there's just no buzz. I just I don't I feel agree. great about their future. So if Cyborg is contracts almost up or whatever, like hey, I'm all for her coming back to fight in the UFC for sure. Yeah, I mean, really outside of that, like I was a big fan of uh, I. Douglas Lima's title run, but it's been a yep. minute since he's been at that level. It feels like, and I mean, Musashi like, just smashes everyone, which is like cool for him. But like, 
I feel like he just outmatches everyone in the division. Well, and how great would it be for Masasi and Izzy? Like, I would love that fight. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I feel like Izzy's fought everyone else already, pretty much. And I feel like uh, McKee and Pitbull was dope, but then they just ran it back immediately, and then McKee lost. So then it's like all that star power future prospect that you had in McKee is gone, and then they're going to have to fight again because you literally have nobody. It's just – there's just not a lot there. So Chase yeah. Oliver said they let McKee walk. Did did is he not with Bellator anymore? I have McKee? no idea. I would think if he, real wild. If he's not, then he's heading to the UFC as soon as that contract is able to bring him in. I would love to see yeah. that. Uh someone earlier asked who the most overhyped uh person in the UFC is right now. And some names I'm seeing is like Sugar Sean and Patty the Batty and stuff. I'd I'd say I definitely say Patty over Sean O'Malley yeah, up to this point. 100%. Um, like the people Patty's been beating kind of suck, but like they're, but but he's at least doing what he needs to do. The problem with Patty is he's been he's been clocked by some of these guys, and like if he gets hit by like a good fighter like that, I just don't like you that his style of fighting, I just don't think is going to work against the top people in his division. Um, but it's gonna work against guys that aren't very good. Like he's just gonna like bull rush these guys and destroy like people who aren't very good. But anyone, I mean, in that lightweight division, when you start cracking that top ten, I don't think he stands a chance against any of those guys. Um, but like Sean O'Malley, I mean, we're we're gonna find out at least. I mean, pure Yon, that's Yon probably will just completely piece him up. But like this is what people have been asking for. Like it's been this thing for years of like the mix of like sugar Sean, the slow burn for him, but also wanted to see like the hype train and, and people want to see the hype train derailed and people want to see if it's real or not. And like, he's either going to beat Piotr on and get a title shot or he's probably going to get his ass kicked. And then we'll know that he just isn't on that level. Like what, what yep. questions will be answered about Sean O'Malley soon um, for, for Patty, the baddie, it's going to, I think it's still going to be a minute before he's in there against someone like really good. So. And I, I, I love fights like that, man. I love mm-hmm. fights where it's just like, let's see what you actually are. Let's prove it. Let's let's do this. And I don't think this is the UFC's first choice. I think Sean really had to want this fight for it to happen. And I'm I'm all for it, man. Like I, I love it. I that card, that card is not necessarily like a pay-per-view dream card for the casuals, but for the hardcore fans, like that is like there's definitely some nice fights on there for casuals, but like to get like Charles Oliveira and and Islam like that that is about the biggest fight you can make for like a smart mark hardcore fan, you know what I mean? So and then you add Sean O'Malley and Peter Yan, and it's Diaz and Chimaev's on that card, right? No, so the one the one that uh, you're talking about, the Oliveira Makachev. Was that that yes. card, Olver Makachev? Yeah. Yes. With Jan and O'Malley. Yes. Um, and Dillashawn Sterling. I'm Dillon, that's the one. That's the one I'm thinking about. Uh, yeah. The the pay per view before that, two seventy nine. That is um, that's Chimaev and Diaz. But what's concerning about I don't, that I don't show? Think, I don't think that is either. I think that Diaz and Chimaev is at fight night. No, it's the main event of two seventy nine. No, the main event is Usman and Leon Evans. No, that's two seventy eight. We just had two seventy seven. We had 277, 278. Okay, so then what's 279? The main event is... 279 is... No, that's what I'm about to say. This is concerning. The main event of 279 is Shemayov and Diaz, and the rest of the card is, like, ass. 
Like there's like no good fights on this. So it's like if something awesome. happens to that main event, this whole card's gonna get scrapped. Like they're they're gonna have to add something. They're gonna have to add like two or three really good fights. I feel like to the Chimeo versus Diaz card because what could even be out there that they could possibly do? Uh, I was thinking maybe Glover and Yuri. They want to run that back. Yeah, but like, do you? I mean, that would have to be the main event. I feel like over Diaz and Chimeov. I feel like Which that's could, messed up. You technically could do. I mean, the, yes, that's the fight that's been announced, but it doesn't mean that it's guaranteed main event. Well, I feel like Diaz's ego probably plays a part in that too. He probably wants to be the main event. Eh, the hell with him. He's leaving. I don't care. I mean, Chimeov might also at this point too. I mean, who knows? All I'm saying is like, you no, know, the 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 pay-per-views surrounding that pay-per-view are stacked, but this 279 show is just straight up like it's that fight and then everything else announced like like the second biggest fight on this show from what I'm seeing is Johnny Walker versus Ion Kudalaba, which like oh, wow. isn't a that big of a light heavyweight. No. Fight. Like no. and I've never been able to take Johnny Walker seriously ever since he injured his shoulder trying to do the worm. Like that right. That and he's he's also gone on like a massive losing streak after that too. Yeah, ever so. since then he just keeps losing. <laughs> So and he did just, it with like the salute. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just oh, hell. Yeah. You know what? You know what fight you probably could do if you really wanted to is a Shevang, uh, uh, Valentina versus Santos rematch. You could probably run that back over there. Yeah, you could. I mean, Santos deserves it um, based on the performance against Shevchenko the first time. I guess you could. Um, I don't know if. What about Zhang and um, Asparza? Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I mean, Zhang just, man, she just kind of tear her apart. She's going to absolutely kill her. Um, Chase yeah, Oliver, I that yeah. Too. Yeah, I, I just saw that. Too. I mean, dude, I talk about a fight where, like, I just despise both opponents and just like just want to see somebody just hurt the other like i just care so little about paula costa and luke rockwell i was i was massive on the costa hype train like i thought he was going to be the one to beat izzy like i i really thought he was the the next guy and ever since losing to izzy the way that he's acted and the stuff he said and his excuses and all the weird shit like yeah i'm i'm I am off the the fan train of, of Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold is probably my least favorite UFC fighter ever. So like, <laughs> I, I I actually prefer Costa to beat Rockhold personally, but like I talk about like this like that's a fight that has X Pac heat for me. Go away heat. Like I'm 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 just gonna be betting on somebody getting knocked out in like a round, but I can't even like pull for anybody in that fight. I hate those guys. Yeah, those. <laughs> You know, it's weird. It's like Paulo now can't even make like 185. Like he's probably not even going to make 205. He's one of the, he reminds me a lot of Anthony Johnson where it's yeah. like you went from like 185 and it was like no problem for multiple fights. And then all of a sudden now there's like no way you can make that weight. And then you actually now can't even make 205. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, He's having like hair plugs put in because he cares so much about his image and way. Who he is looks. Costa? Yeah, it's, oh, there's I videos mean. of him like being bald and like literally having like hair implant surgery, and I'm just like, dude, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? 
And uh, the way that he talked about what he was going to do to Izzy and being all mad and just got embarrassed. I just – it's hard to take him seriously. I just don't think he cares. But I just think Luke Rockhold's holding on to fighting when it's over. So yeah. I think Costa has a shot at definitely winning this fight. I would definitely put him as the favorite. Well, and the thing with Costa that really bugged me was, like, when he lost to Izzy, he blamed it. He, like, he said that, like, he like got drunk, like, heading into the fight or something. He, like, blamed it on, like, being drunk or something, like, in the fight or hungover. I was like – Whatever, dude. Like it, it, it Paulo Costa's fight with Yoel with Yoel Romero was like one of my favorite fights ever. Like, like you know, like there's there's an element to me of seeing a guy just that jacked kick people's asses. Like there's there's yeah. a draw to that, right? Like that's why someone like Brock Lesnar is so famous. Like right, but Luke Rockhold is the most unlikable UFC fighter ever. Like that guy, like he was the perfect place, perfect time. Like the like he got so lucky that he slid into that contendership spot by like when because if that was Anderson, I don't think he, I think he stands no chance of beating Anderson Silva in Anderson yeah. Silva's prime, right? Like I just yeah. you know, but like Weidman was a really good matchup for him and he yep. beat the right guy in the right place at the right time. And then, and then he got to fight like non TRTV tour and stuff. And it was like, yep. it's like, you got so lucky with like when your time was. And then. But he, the, he the, fought TRTV tour and V tour knocked him out cold. Oh, that's right. That's right. Spinning head. Yeah. Kick, I think. Yes, exactly. Um, and so that's, that's right. In, in in the in he his head got so big and he started doing like Calvin Klein modeling and all this yep. stuff, and and it was kind of like how I feel about Tyron Woodley in a lot of ways. Like he got way too big for his yeah. own head, and the way that he talks to people, he's so arrogant and feel above everybody. And then he loses his title to Michael Bisbing, fair and square, like short notice, like for Bisbing. Like Bisbee's at the disadvantage, not Rockhold going into that fight. And Rockhold had beaten him the one time with the choke, with the one arm choke. And we all know Michael Bisbee went in there and knocked his ass out fair and yep. square. And he acted like it just was a just it was a fluke and he's still the man and Bisbee still sucks. But it's like, no, dude, like I just I there's certain people that just really rub me the wrong way in life. And Luke Rockhold is one of those guys. So um, I, yeah. I will say this. I will say this. I did get to meet him, and he was super nice. So I'll, that's, I'll that's give, good to give him props there. So that's um, good to hear. But but and he could have been a dick because he was wearing a 49ers jacket, and I'm a Cowboys fan, and he was laughing about that, like how awkward it is, you know, because we had just lost to the 49ers in the playoffs. And he was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry." Like, you know, <laughs> he's like, "I got family that are Cowboy fans too," and like we we joke back and forth and stuff. He's like, "But you guys had me super nervous. Like, I thought we were gonna lose. So like, you know, no no hate there, or whatever." So I was like. He could have yeah. just been like, dude, we kicked your ass and, you know, whatever. He wasn't like that. That's so. cool. Like, I've never met him personally. Like, he might be a great guy to the fans. Like, I'm just saying from, like, how he comes across in interviews. Once again, it's very much like Woodley. I've Obviously, I've never met Tyron Woodley. I've met Logan Paul, and he was super, super nice. So, I get yeah. that, too. Like, when a lot of people were going after Logan online, I was like, I get the hate. I get where it's coming from. But, like, I've actually met the guy, and he was actually super cool, at least to my face. So, it's like. You know, I, I I get that too. So I just, you know, and the other thing with Luke Rockhold to me is like, he's been retired and this just doesn't seem yep. like a good idea. 
Like I agree. You know, and 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 things must not be working out so well. well. You remember when he was on a long layoff, and then he went up to two hundred five and fought Jan Jan Blahovich, and that's pretty yeah. much that was like the rise of Jan was like after and he, he knocked thought, him out. He thought, yeah, you know, I'm going to show that this division's nothing. I'm going to go through this guy, this foreigner dude, two hundred five guy. I'm going to smash him. He's got oh yeah, and they were like, oh yeah, if, if he beats him, he's going to fight John Jones for the title. Oh like, yeah, in, well, we're yeah. here. We made it. It's like Gustafson. I think it'll be the similar to Gustafson coming back. Like he that, did come back Ron- and he got knocked out. No, I know that's what I'm saying. Like Gustafson, like retired, and the Nats yeah. was retiring, and ever since coming back in, like he's been in his last fight, especially, he looked terrible. He just got yep. destroyed. And I think Rockhold's going to be in a similar boat. Like yep. he's going to be fighting somebody who's younger and faster and stronger than he is, and and he's going to go in there thinking that his old his old tricks are going to work that worked back in 2010 or whatever. And they're just, it's just not, the game has changed. And uh, it's like Misha Tate, right? It's like, it's all of them. Like they're like, Misha Tate's still okay, but like, she's never going to be the world champion again. Like, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. Uh, either you got to, either you're doing this for pride or you're doing it for money or you're doing it because you're bored or I don't know the reasoning or, or cause the Calvin Klein modeling might not be going, going so well, or I have no idea, no idea. Um, Tyron Woodley, I'd imagine if he continues to fight, it's because Netflix is not hiring him for movies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of how I feel about it with some of these fighters at this point that, you know, Rockhold. He looked, he looked so bad when he was like, he loved all the attention and all the, the flash and the celebrity and all this stuff of like the whole Jake Paul fight. And then like to beg for the rematch the way that he did. And then to like, Get knocked out the way that he did. Like, you can't recover from that, dude. That's why when he showed up to AEW, I was just like, ugh, like, go away, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, What was real sad? We never talked about this, but, like, like, and I felt like this was a fever dream. I actually just remembered that. I, 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 like, I saw this, and then I, I compartmentalized it so deep as it happened that I forgot it, it happened at all until you just reminded me, but they had Matt Hughes go out there. Like he was going to do something to somebody like the other, the other week, like it was like Matt Hughes going into the ring with, for AEW. He was along with, uh, I don't know what other, I can't remember what MMA fighter he was with, but it was like Dan Lambert was like on the microphone. He's like, I've got these guys with me. And like Matt was Hughes, Woodley. Was, it was, Oh, it was, it was Woodley and, it was and Woodley Hughes. and Matt Hughes. But I, and I'm sitting there going like, Matt Hughes looks like he. I mean, it's just. Sad. I feel like Tony Khan had no idea what happened to him. I mean, same. Yeah. And they were like, "Hey, dude, former champions wants to go in the ring with Tyron Woodley," and he's like, "Oh yeah, cool, let's go." And then he goes in the ring, and he's probably like, "What the hell was that? Like, what's <laughs> no. wrong with him?" Oh my gosh, that was one of the most bizarre things ever. That whole scenario of him like driving into a train or whatever, like. And then like saying he deserved it because he'd been sinning and stuff. And like, I don't even know what to think of all that, but like to see that guy, like I'm not making fun of how, of what happened to him or the way that he looks at all. I'm just saying like, there's nothing intimidating about like, you know, like, like Matt Hughes standing across from you looking like that. It's just, it's, it's not, it's sad. It isn't intimidating. You know what I mean? Like it, it, I was uncomfortable seeing him try to get into the ring. Like, 
yeah. Woodley, I'm pretty sure, had to like hold the ropes open and like help him in, you know, and you're just like, but I, I'm with you. I, I think that's probably exactly what happened was yeah. he had like a list of guys in the and Tony Khan had no idea what kind of shape uh he was in. So I'd yeah. imagine that was the case. I agree. I don't think that they would have gone through with it otherwise. And that's why when you see like replays and stuff or they show highlight, like they didn't really show any like they if they showed Hughes, it was like really quick and like something else. Like like you could just see him in the ring, but nothing more like actually moving or anything, you know? Yeah. That so. is sad, man. Chase Oliver said his Hall of Fame speech was so sad he couldn't hold his own plaque. Like that, yeah, that's man, that's so sad. And that's yeah. Yeah, and like you never you never would have thought that would have that is what was going to happen to him. I mean, it was country boy sure. can't survive. He'd come down, he'd defend his title, and go home. And uh, BJ Penned upset him right at UFC 46. But like before that, he was a really dominant champion. And like, I didn't think Evan Tanner was going to die. I didn't think that you know, like you just never know what's going to happen with some of these guys and and some of the sad story. I didn't think Cain Velasquez would be locked up in prison probably for the rest of his life. Like, there's just unfortunate circumstances that you you see, and the same thing with pro wrestling, right? You see all the same stuff sure. in pro wrestling, and as they turn out, and um, a lot of sad stories, and that's just the nature of the beast. And yeah. you just never know. I mean, I didn't think Marion Barber would be dead, you know, running back to the Dallas Cowboys, and he's already dead, and he's younger than I was. So just uh, yeah. wild, you know. You get a wide variety of it for sure. I mean, even guys like like War Machine, John Copenhaver. Oh, like, my like, God, I mean, yeah. Like what a freaking mess that guy wound up being. Absolutely. I mean, like, like and, like, we saw signs of that, like, on The Ultimate Fighter, but you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, Chris Lieben wanted me. Right. Same thing with, like, that Junie kid. You remember the blonde? Junie kid? Browning. Like, Junie Browning, right? And you're like, oh, like, you know, they're just – what a what a great character. They got they found themselves an entertaining guy that they can promote. And then you're like, oh, no, like, he's actually got some serious, deep, dark issues that are, like, gonna be bad you know right. but but if they would have been like winning in the way that like connor was it probably would have worked out for him yeah you know what i mean like because that's kind of like the same cloth that connor is cut out of was like just yep. like those guys except he won big fights and had the entire country of ireland behind him and they could promote that, the hell out of that's that. the thing about connor though is like he's such a global star yeah that's like we we always see the American star, but it just doesn't hit globally. And Connor was just such a global star. And then not only that, he was predicting what he was gonna do, and then he would do it. Yeah. Like that was so huge. That's the difference for me, the connection between like Patty, like people want to call him the next Connor, but like, dude, he's nothing like Connor. I think that he's an exciting fighter. He's definitely getting to be more of a global star but i don't think we'll ever see anything like connor again probably in my lifetime like that was lightning in a bottle unbelievable it, it is over though that ride is completely over whether he decides to come back or not which i'm sure he will his ego's too big but it's over you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean he and he was the perfect mix of like the timing and like the global expansion of the of the company and winning and them being able to like bring a show to Ireland and have him main event, even though like he was still pretty untested and he'd go in there and knock people out still. And like, um, no, it, it was, and it, but yeah. it's like, 
for this to work, you have to knock out Jose Aldo. Right. Like, that was not supposed to happen. Right. Like, at seconds. all. Yeah. It's just right. incredible. And then you're going to be champ champ, but you got to knock out Eddie Alvarez. Right. You've got to break him down. And he destroyed Eddie Alvarez and then became champ champ. And it's like, oh my God. You know, like, he and then it's like, hey, how about we bumps. do you and Floyd? in a like an unprecedented combat sports extravaganza like same press conferences insane yeah. hype huge pay-per-view buys like but it literally went all downhill after that because then it's when the khabib stuff and i mean it's just it, it's a wrap because you have nate diaz and all that stuff but it it got to the point to where the competition level was too high for him to to overtake Plus, I also think bad, like, I also think at 145, he was an absolute yes, killer. Yes. His power was insane, but he had to cut an astronomical amount of weight to do that. But at 145, he was always dangerous. But once he got to 155, 170, that same power, like he had power, he could hurt you, but it wasn't like knock you dead type power that he had at 145. Yeah. Yeah, no, and he yeah he was a monster at 145. I still think that he he deserves to be in the conversation for best featherweight of all time. Like I I think that Volkanovski like I think Vol you can make the strongest case for Volkanovski, especially c- considering he's beaten Holloway as many times as he has now and stuff. But like, um, I I think an argument can be made for guys like. I don't think Hallway. I don't think you can make the argument for Hallway anymore just because Volkanovski at this point. But, but Aldo, you still kind of can, depending on like when you got into the sport and like how long his run was and how how. I mean, without him, we don't even know if 145 winds up being a division in the UFC at that time. Like you needed to have when they absorbed the WEC, they needed to have some people to carry the the divisions as champions immediately. And like Jose Aldo was one of those guys. Um, but I think Connor has to be in that mix because he won the title. He never lost it, but he also never defended it. That that's going to hurt him in the conversation. But when you're beating guys like Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway that early in your career at 145 and become the champion by beating at that point the best of all time in 13 seconds, like that counts for something, right? I mean, like you yeah. have to be considered as like I put Connor in that conversation. If there was like a featherweight. Mount Rushmore or whatever, it'd be Volkanovski, Holloway, um, Connor, and Jose Aldo for me. It'd be those four dudes. So well, and it, it's kind of like to me, it reminds me of like, you know, with him fighting Dustin Poirier, like he knocks him dead the first fight, and then like he loses the next three fights. Like I feel like if Rhonda would have had to fight a lot of the people that she fought again after being knocked out by Holly Holm, she probably would have lost most of those fights. Like she just wasn't Possibly, the same yeah. anymore. And I don't, and I think the same thing with Connor. Like, I just don't think he's the same anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think things have definitely changed, but I'm, I'm interested to see him fight again for sure and everything. But his options are so limited, too, as far as like what makes sense for him. Like, I don't really want to see him fight Connor for, or sorry, I don't want to see him fight um, Dustin a fourth time. I don't want to. What kind of concerns me about that, though, is they're doing Chandler and Poirier. And it's like the winner would probably get connor um, especially if chandler wins because then if chandler wins it's like if connor can beat chandler then he beat the guy that beat poirier so it's like beating poirier like you know i mean he'll he'll try to spin it that way so it'll be interesting how they go 
Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that Chandler and Connor makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, but I also think that Connor will want an easier fight than that. Like if he can fight someone with a bigger name value, that's more winnable. Cause I think Michael Chandler is just such an animal that Connor's going to be like, dude, this is like, I want, like, I think Connor's going to want to fight like a, uh, what about a like, Gaethje? That's kind of similar to fighting a Chandler though. I agree. And I mean, their fight was an absolute war, but I also yeah. agree that I feel like Gaethje's close to being on his way out. So I, I feel like you catch him with, after a loss, like not all into it as much. Like I could see that. Yeah. I mean, he Who has all awesome- out there that is like a, a good fight for him. Cause like Nate's going to be gone most likely. Yep. Um, like I said, I don't really want to see Poirier. I think Gaethje and Chandler are both like too risky for Connor and don't like they have big enough name value that, but it, but it isn't the kind of name value that you get out of like a Poirier or a, or a Nate. Um, I don't know. Like I think like him and Volkanovski would be really interesting if Volkanovski moved up. Um, well, I think Volkanovski works him. Don't get me wrong, but I but I but I but I think that that's like. That would be okay, huge for okay. Volk- that'd be huge for Volkanovski, like to get in there. Like if he beat Connor, that puts him on like a whole other like superstar level. You know what I mean? What about Holloway? They had a fight early in the career. You know what? Holloway I'd be looks fi- kind of shot. I'd be fine with Holloway or Aldo rematch. That'd what about cool. what about the Korean zombie? I think he'd be. I think Connor would beat the zombie. Which but is what I, you want, right? Well, that went well, through the UFC, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I love the Korean Zombie. Um, he did not look good against Volkanovski, but Volkanovski is so much better than he is. Yeah, I agree. It's, just, it's not even. But I and mean, Connor's I not making one forty-five. I don't know if Connor can make one fifty-five at this point. So maybe we're yeah. thinking we need to start thinking one seventy. Yeah, I mean, at one seventy, Colby's a disaster. Because Colby will just take him down Con- at will. I mean, I guess you could still do Connor and Masvidal. That's probably the obvious one. That that one I like. The only that problem with I Masvidal like. is he's probably dealing with punching Colby stuff like illegally still right now. Like I don't even know if he can't. If Did he can't you see what right Colby's now. doing? Yeah, he got like seventh place in like a huge poker tournament. Yeah, Good for him. yeah he won yeah. like forty eight thousand dollars, and he's got like a beard. He looks like he hasn't showered in a month. <laughs> You know what you can also do? It'd be so sad, but like another obvious one, you could do Connor versus Nick Diaz if, if Nick's gonna fight again. I mean, I would watch it all day long. But oh, for yeah, sure. It's it's uh yeah, or maybe Connor Robbie Lawler. Like you could have yeah. really sold Connor and Nick had Nick not fought Robbie Lawler at all, right? Yeah. Connor and Tony. Know. Connor and Tony. I'm good with Connor and Tony. I think that makes yeah, sense. I like that one. Because yeah, like like we're all kind of saying, I think that a Chandler or a Gaethje is like it's too it's too much of a risk for Connor without having like a big enough name value. Tony Tony is a big enough name, but also like a good level of like very beatable for Connor. Like yeah, like it's way more likely that Connor would beat Tony than he beat Chandler or Gaethje, in my opinion. Yeah, I but like similar that. name value, like to like the casual fan, just like seeing. Well, the and they have. Out. With Tony, they have beef because he used to be his, under his previous management, the same management. So Connor thinks he's a sellout for leaving and all that stuff. So, yeah, I I like that fight. Chase said, "If Colby takes a fight, he ruins his lawsuit claim." I wonder if that that 
I bet you that that's because I think Colby got like some teeth knocked out or something when it happened. And I bet you it's yeah. something where like, he probably can't, they're probably dealing with getting the, the, I, I, I don't know enough about how that all works, but to my knowledge, I think Colby didn't want to press charges, but like he has to, to get his stuff covered. Like there's no way around it. Like you have yeah. to, um, I, but there, there might be something where they can just work it out outside of court just like take a settlement or something that's what i would do honestly if i was colby and george i would just work something out behind the scenes and just be like hey just give me a big bag of cash and we'll just pretend this never happened um but but that sucks that colby's getting held up because of it um in miles of it all it's it's it sucks to say but like his star has really dropped since the bmf yep. title fight so yep. i still think that caught that connor and miles of it all is, is is interesting but it's nothing like what it would have been like a year or two ago. So, yep, I'm with you. All right, guys, if you haven't, please smash that like button. We definitely appreciate you guys coming tonight. Um, basically, covered everything that we need to cover. Uh, anything going on this weekend? Wrestling, fighting, anything? Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to Battle Slam on Sunday. So, that'll okay. be fun. Uh, that, that show was supposed to be like a week ago and it got moved. Um, so I'm going on Sunday to that. Um, I'll probably get some audio interviews. I usually interview Baron Black at those shows and um, catch up with some other guys that'll be there. Like I usually like to talk to Adam Priest if he's around and kind of see who's there and who's available. So uh, might get some interviews that you might see some uh, some quotes for on Fightful's website, and um, the audio will probably go up on Fightful Select, I'd imagine. So look out for that. On Thursday, check out the spotlight with me and Jeremy. That's going to be at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on the main YouTube channel for Fightful. Uh, our guest this week, I'm hoping nothing changes. I know he had he had some All stuff right, happen. Yeah, but we're supposed to have Cole Radger joining us live on Thursday. So, um, so that'll be fun. The plan is to interview Cole at the beginning of the show. And then I'm taking a half day of work that day, actually um, unrelated, but it just worked out that that day was a good day for me to work half a day. So we're going to do our normal show. Um, and I don't, I don't have to leave uh, when I normally do for work. So like I can uh, do a full show until like, you know, probably 1130 or whatever. Anyway, tune in on Thursday morning. It'll be me and Jeremy. We'll talk about a whole bunch of wrestling stuff and we'll also interview Cole Radrick. Um, that should be a good fight. Yeah, uh, Thiago Santos and Jamal Hill. I think I'm gonna take Jamal I got Hill. Hill. On that one. Yep. Yeah, all day. He's a he's a nice prospect that could actually be a title contender. Agree, agree. Um, uh, we were talking about at the top of the show. If you trickled in after, and what's up, Romeo? I see you in the chat. Um, we are, um, we're starting a, a new football show, an NFL based show. Um, we'll, we'll mainly talk NFL football. Uh, we just couldn't use like the, the word or the letters NFL in the title. Cause it, it made it too. there's issues with stuff anyway, where it's going to be fightful football weekly, and it'll be on the Twitch, uh, channel for, uh, for fightful. So twitch.tv slash fightful gaming. That'll start on August 27th. It'll be me, Doug and Rob Wilkins. And we'll break down NFL stuff. Uh, it'll be a one hour show. From 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern on uh, on Saturdays, and it'll lead you right into Grapsity on Saturday afternoons too. So if you're a wrestling fan and a football fan, you can listen to us at 11, then tune into Grapsity at noon on uh, Saturdays. 
And uh, yeah, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. It's every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com. I uh, cover indie wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff there. So Fight fight Talk on Twitter, and I'll keep you updated. Another good show this week. Thank, thank you all for uh, for joining us. Anything you got to plug, Doug, before we get out of here? Mm, no, not really. Just know that uh, this Thursday is football. So first yes. preseason game is Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Raiders. And uh, then we'll be uh, heading to the races here. So we'll get dynamite tomorrow, and then we'll get some type of football on Thursday. And there's just something about waiting for that ball to get kicked yes. on the first Hall of Fame game. And it's just like a sigh of relief, like, oh, we made it. You know what I mean? And then it's and then it's uh, full steam ahead. So I can't wait for that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be dope. Yeah, I love it. I love when the weather starts getting a little bit cooler and, like, I wake up on Sundays. I record the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. My family comes over. Watch the Vikings. I watch all the other games. Got, like, three screens going. Got fantasy football going. Watch football all day on Sundays from, you know, one in the afternoon through the late night game and then watch it again on Monday night. Like, I – I very much looking forward to it and and i'm happy i saw romeo in here and others like a lot of people have already started reaching out like wanting to jump on and uh talk about football uh on our on our new show and stuff so like i think a lot of wrestling fans are going to enjoy it and and uh, one of my main goals at the beginning of this year like i don't really do um like uh new year's resolutions really but um one that i kind of did have this year that i kind of put out there into the world was I do want to talk about Minnesota Vikings football more often, like publicly, like have like a forum to talk about football. And I love my Vikings. I love the NFL. I love fantasy football. I know you're a huge fan of the NFL. Rob's a huge fan of NFL. And uh, so it's, uh, I've been looking forward to do something like this for a while. So I'm glad that it's been uh, put together and it's going to be on a fun platform. Like Twitch has like no limits on any. So like, I mean, we can talk about whatever we want. We can say whatever you want. Like, It'll be, it'll be a good time to, to, to talk about football. So that's everything that I've got. Um, yeah. Doug, anything left? No? No, we're good. Thanks right. for joining us. Follow me on Twitter. Have a great night. And we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.